Well, here we are. It's Brexmas time. And as Merry Brexmas, everybody. And as a special treat for everybody, we have got the one and only Zach Mayer back. Hello, folks. It's good to be back. Indeed, it's great to have you here. Now, we've got to sort out this Brexit bet, haven't we? I think that's the first thing we've got to do. So my understanding is, and my, I can be slow of understanding, I admit, is that I lost the first round because I think that was predicated on us leaving... If it wasn't marked, then September, October, and that clearly got kicked into the long grass. However, I would like, so I'm, I'm willing to fess up to having lost that one. What I'd like to propose is that we double up so that it's now a, a multi, a multi uh, bet, a multi meal bet uh, involving us now leaving properly at the end of January 2020. Now, Tim's feeling emboldened here. I think we, I think we know why. <laughs> no, they say never double down. So I know that's a, a, a poor risk management strategy, but I'm going to double down anyway. And what would be the um, if 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 I lose, what would be the what would be the uh, I, I put it to the general wisdom of the assembled. Oh well, we could even have a designated uh, venue, uh, as we are seeking sponsors for the show. Uh, a designated venue, perhaps Brasserie Zadel. You haven't heard back from the German kebab place. We haven't approached them yet. I don't think. I think think German Donner kebab has not yet been officially approached. No, we haven't actually tried their product yet. Which, well, actually, Tim has. What we might, what we might actually be able to affect is a kind of like a blackmail strategy, whereby someone could sponsor us to stop referring to their product. Yes, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) I think that's. I think that's. My 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 bet would be Goldman Sachs personally, but I mean that's just just me. Um, well, no, the, the problem, I'd love to take on your, I mean, actually, I, I'd love to say, you, know, you, you say it's going to happen at the end of January, right? So I'll, I'll take on the bet. Okay, fine. Oh, you're going to take that fine. on? Take fine, that, take that bet on. The only, I mean, even with all the problems with that, which are, it's Brexit in name only, Yeah. Uh, which means it's basically nothing, mm. uh, nothing has actually happened. Um, and uh, It's more re- like really, taking back cont rather than taking yes, back control. Yes, and, and really because we've got a, a bumper um, majority for the Tories. Um, Which means we can have a soft Brexit as well. Because he's no longer in hock to the ERG. Yes, but didn't he... What, yeah, but he's, uh, he's potentially can go for a no deal. Mm. Mm. He can do, he can do so whatever. So he could go he any number of ways now. So, but but I'll, t- I'll, go for the, I'll go for that because I think, uh, let's just say, you've st- I mean, Gina Miller's not going to lie down, take it lying down. That's not what I've heard, and uh, I fed you that one, and uh, the uh, and all the other the judiciary and all our other Supreme Court and all the other uh, kangaroo uh, courts. As far as things. I'm concerned, this is like you know, it's like clicking the magic slippers. Now that now that Boris has got his mojo on, and we've got a you know a clear majority, anything is possible. Everything else just fades away like a sort of magical dream. I think there's a naive naivety there because. Um, in, in effect, it should have been passed before. I mean, there, we had the referendum, but he's also he he's also said, major, for example, that we're, we're going to be out, and he's going to you know introduce laws to ensure that we're out by the end of the year. So no, none of this parliamentary nonsense that we've we've suffered for the last three years. I didn't think um, Boris would win. Well, actually, I don't think he would win so easily or yeah. win at all on the basis that I don't believe that he will do anything that he says he's going to do. So, so for, for the sake of of good order, let's just clarify. If we're out, in, albeit in, in, in name only, by the end of January, then somebody, and it's either going to be myself or Zach, is going to, is going to be responsible for a slap-up meal for the three of us at a venue to be, to be agreed in central London. We... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
We can put a we can put a, a cap on the expenditure if you wish. If the, if the material aspect is what, causing you some, why, some I brought, distress. why I brought in the German <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> no, actually, it no, might no. actually be impossible to get to like a kind of three figure sum with. I mean, I'm just trying to think how what, much what, how much how much could a, a human being possibly consume? Yeah, of, of to be shawarma. fair, you'd have to consume it. You can't just all yeah, exactly. It. You'd have to be like uh, <laughs> yes. what's it, man versus food. Yes. So you'd actually have you to actually have, have to eat the German yeah, kebab. You'd have, yeah, well, that seems yeah. reasonable. But anyway. Um, so let's just leave, let's just leave it hanging. Yes, yeah, so I think we're, it's hanging. A venue, in the, uh, a venue to be determined. The, the issue is that the, if I lose this bet, the difficult one was the October thirty first mm. because you know they, yes, they, they, they minted the. They minted, but October wasn't the first deadline because the first deadline was March, wasn't no, it? No, but that was the one we were looking for because yeah. that was the one where they spent a hundred million pounds on the uh, you know the advertising campaign and the, all and the, the commemorative coins and the coins and everything else and so it's that's why and then also it, it really will be it's uh, you know. Uh, fudge in name only type mm. thing uh, that you have as well. So we, we need to work that out. I mean, we, we could cash, you could cash in and get a German Donner kebab like now. We could just order it, basically. That could be it. And and, and, and actually we, eat it. And actually eat it. And then we could, um, then it could just be a friendly, friendly wager for the, for the end of Jan. No, I like the high stakes myself right. of a, of a. No, but the thing is, if there coffee. isn't one in January, I mean, literally, it should be the, the Ritz. On that bet, I mean that would or, be absolutely. Yeah. You, you see what I mean? It or, would be incredible. Or a Hawksmoor steak meal. Perhaps. Yeah, it's it's, it's it, we're on we're on the top. You know, so. up to that point. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it, with the given the rise of greater and sort of green crap, uh, I'm minded to believe. Well, basically, I, I myself, I, as you know, I treat my body as a temple, but I've been cramming <laughs> as much red meat as is humanly possible into myself on the basis that it may well get outlawed fairly soon if we're not careful. So. I think possibly a steak option should be on the table as well. Definitely a steak option, uh, but it's just a matter of if if it if there wasn't one on at the end of January, I think that really would be. I mean, that would be the bet of all bets mm. to, 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 to win. To, for me to win that bet would be just, like a three-way accumulation. So you're saying you want yeah. odds, basically. But if he wins it, it should be it shouldn't be as painful to me as it yes. should be. To, you know, yes, it's yes, one of those. Yes, you want odds, basically. Yeah, yeah. is that fair? It's fair. <laughs> so should we talk about the election? Yes, let's talk, Zach. You're, um, oh, well, I, I think you're say, on there. I'm on there. I'm totally on there. I have to say that um, there's been, you know, just like Jeremy, there's been a lot of soul searching and uh, um, looking back and all the other stuff, uh, you know, trying to hindsight. get the Vitriolic name calling, refusing to accept responsibility. Yeah. Lots of that going on. <laughs> um, I think that this, I thought that very quickly, because obviously it's the season of goodwill. Um, I'm not in my are, are we going to be nice to Remainers now? Just no, 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 absolutely not. Oh, just for Christmas. I'm more, of, I'm like, more of a like Brexit. I'm actually more of a Brexiteer and a more of a um, whatever you think Tim is. Oh, I'm yeah. much more we, of that. I was that. reminded I, of one of the great political quotes yesterday by my partner, and she said, "Dave, it's, it's, it's a uh, or, or someone I was talking to yesterday. It was, it was a quote by Gore Vidal. It is not enough that I should succeed; everyone else must fail." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so on the on the uh, the whopping um, the Tory majority, um, which I didn't expect at all, and I didn't expect all the, uh, the the people from up north to vote Tory in the way that they did, and I didn't expect uh, the Labour to basically continuously have a self destruct button during the campaign. Any time that looked a bit better, then they'd say we're going to like tax everybody at ninety percent. Uh, we're going to It'll be free. I mean, the broadband thing was the, like, the, it's like, oh no, uh, you know, things like that. Um, you know, the the manner from heaven that they uh, they they came up with. Um, the but then looking back, I thought this was like 1974. 
It's like, you know, let's get Brexit done. And people would just say, we're Remainers. And the Remainers would come back and, and, and vote that way. So that was really the... Uh, and also that people wouldn't believe Boris um, because he's just, you know, the, he's too much of a top, et cetera, and just, you know, it's bullshit or et cetera. Um, so on that, just totally wrong. But n 1974, I thought, was the analogy. And in fact, really, it was... If there was any analogy, it was 92. It was, it was John Major coming in the wake of, of Thatcher, who like, you know, it was like not liked, and so we have Theresa May, who was not liked. So the only reason it was close in 17 is because Theresa May was so bad that you know, she nearly let Corbyn in. Yeah. Um, so, so that was the thing. But then the final thing, which was also wrong, was really there hasn't been a Labour government since 79. The last time we had Labour, proper Labour, proper proper, Labour we, the last time we had Labour was in the seventies, and with the rubbish on the streets and everything else, and the unions, corpses, uh, corpses being unburied, yeah, and and all that sort of stuff. People, Dogs and cats people, together. people never, people would never go back to that, and so you had all that nineteen seventies Marxism coming in. Well, you say uh, that, but it's interesting. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt, Zach, but you, you look at the figures for the the young vote for, like, say, whatever it would be, I guess, eighteen to twenty five. Ish. So basically, kind of like the graduate, the, the recent graduate uh, community, they they skewed entirely for Labour. So uh, if it were purely a young person's election, which obviously it isn't, then potentially in the years to come, things could get saucy. I, I'm minded to believe personally, though, that once those graduates have contact with the world of work and income tax, then they'll quickly you know, get, regain their sanity. But if you look at just the young, the youth in, in isolation, it's it, they all skew Labour. I think the final point is one I made in the the last. Uh podcast was that uh, if you're a have not and if I, I'm a have not uh, if you don't have a property and you don't have you know sort of a, a proper proper job security um, I would I would be voting Labour because I just get handouts for the wife the kids uh, for rent for this for that the broadband everything that I need but you wouldn't inherit your property though if yeah but, I, yeah, but if I don't have anything to inherit from my parents yeah. if you've got nothing to lose if I've got nothing to lose if I'm a have not I would have I would vote Labour yeah, and I would still vote Labour. I, I would be a no-brainer to vote Labour. That's a good, good slogan. But that is a very uh, selfish. But, but the, that is a very selfish perspective, though, isn't it? To be fair, and that's, but, that's what, but I but, guess that's how you're but, supposed but, to vote. But, though, but, aren't you? Or do you think? Well, this is this is for me a really interesting suggestion that you know that the left would have it that the right, and by right, I would simply say you know basically anybody that believes in sort of remotely free markets and, and capitalism, the right is selfish. Whereas I think what's actually happened is the the people who voted Boris actually behaved very altruistically. Whereas the left has just been has just become increasingly vile, nasty, and morally reprehensible. And I, I so personally, I'm having the that's time what, of my life. That's what populism is. Populism is actually, uh, in, ironically, going for the greater good rather than so the Brexit vote was the utilitarian. You know, the, yeah, the, the the people you know the 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 the, the blue collar from blue collar people from up north uh, voted for Brexit because they they didn't like the way the country was going and they didn't care whether. They'd and they were willing the, to take money. some pain economically yes. even to make it happen. So yes. it transcended the world of and they've patting done, your wallet going the, into the, 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 the election fear, booth. The fear that they expected and they've done for, that, for, for and, everything to happen. And that surely was the single biggest miscalculation by the Remain side during the referendum and afterwards, which is, you know, let's concentrate on the economy, stupid. And the reality is the economy was irrelevant compared to people's feelings about so sovereignty, nationalism, patriotism, all that kind of stuff. Well, no, but then the final part of what I would say, and my mayor called for extended one, is that, uh, let, yes, they voted against their own direct interests. So they said we're better In off. In the short term. We're, we're better off um, outside the EU. And now with the, the latest vote, was, they're saying, you know, there was a democratic vote and we're punishing you now uh, to get, you know, and we're voting uh, 
for democracy and therefore will be better off. But the problem with all that is when they realise that the democracy under the, in the UK or in the EU is equally um, awful. Potemkin democracy. It, it, they're, they're both awful. You're, you're going to lose on both fronts. All that will happen with the Brexit in, in, in name only is that uh, we'll have a mirroring of all the, all the laws and all the, um, uh, yeah, all the legislation that comes from the EU. We'll have to, we'll have to still keep going because there'll have to be unity in terms of they'll say, well, we, you know, we don't, we're not going to take this direct from the EU, but we'll make our own one up, which will be just the same. Right. And so, so they're going to be suckered on... on for as, get- to be fair, though, for as long as Nigel Farage, for as long as there's breath in his body, he will, he will campaign against that kind of you know, equivalent. For as long as he doesn't have a knighthood that he will yeah. campaign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, and so uh, that's the problem, that they've they believed in uh, Brexit and they believed in democracy. And in fact... The reason this, this, you know, one of the reasons we went into the EU is because our democracy uh, and our position outside, you know, the collective, you know, I mean, as a as a nation state was was it was in such a dire stress, uh, you know, dire position. So basically, we just got back to where we started in 1972 or 71, and I think they're going to be very very disappointed. I also think, as I said, uh, the Remainers are not going to take this lying down at all. In fact, they're going to come back. With a, have, re- with a really, really vicious. I mean, these people are willing to die. I think basically on for, this hill for for for, for the EU. I've, I've never known such loyalty anywhere. I mean, I don't think I don't think that it's, it's uh, loyalty to a distant, unaccountable administrative entity. It's not loyalty to country, is it? It's, it's never. I mean, it's never been seen before from the uh, uh, from the the Nazi Germanys or the the British Empire or anywhere else. I mean, nobody nobody's ever been so loyal. It's basically, except, it's basically, except for that guy in the in the outback or the the wherever it was, the sort of Philippines rainforest. He was fighting the, the Japanese, war for the Japanese. You know, forty years after it had already finished. Yeah, but I mean, he would. Yeah, but once somebody said, you know, mate, it's over. There've been a couple of bombs. I mean, he, he like you said, okay, thank you know, thank you very much. But these people. Uh, the vo- a vote doesn't make any difference. But some some people have been so utterly taken in with the propaganda that they, I mean, of course they truly believe um, that it's the right thing. I mean, it, my daughter came back from school saying, you know, they've been teaching us that Brexit is really bad at school and it was only voted for by old people. And then you start to see, which is a bad idea to start looking through Twitter, you start mm. to see people breaking down the vote for this election and say, well, it was only old people that voted and therefore it, Boris it's Johnson... Invalid. It's invalid. Well, no, no, but the, the, you, <coughs> you start down that road, it's like, oh so it's my madness, God. It's absolute madness. What is going on? You know, it's democracy. Like, every single Brexiteer I have spoken to, bar none, has said that if the vote was for Remain, they would have respected it. And that is the difference. Mm. No, but, the, the, but, the, yeah, but the point there, I think, also is that uh, with... Um, with, I think I mentioned it before. I'm not sure I mentioned it on the on the podcast, but I've said it before. The uh, um, I think that if you had, if you took out freedom of movement, there wouldn't be a, there there wouldn't be a majority in favour of Brexit, and there wouldn't be there wouldn't have been the majority for Boris Johnson. I think immigration is uh, the issue which makes the difference. Really. So that's the only one. If you if you said okay, we'll have no Brexit, uh, no uh, no freedom of movement, but we stay in the EU, and we had a referendum tomorrow. We'd stay in the EU, but it's academic. I mean, what the past is the past. So it's a bit like saying, "Well, you know, they nicked a goal in the last minute of extra time, but they still won the match." Yeah, and the match is still won. So yeah, yeah but yeah, but that's I th- that's the the because we can't, you know, nobody can discuss uh, immigration unless you're an immigrant um, in our politically correct times. 
I think that is the the the, the issue is that <clears throat> for the last sixty years, both parties have just said, you know, come on in. And well, to be fair, I think it would also skew pr- predominantly for Labour because they're importing uh, a certain type of voter, which is a voter that's perhaps uh, favourably inclined towards um, welfare. Yeah, well, that which which comes back to you know what I said at the beginning. If I, I vote Labour, um, my background, my you know the have not thing, that's what that's what it would be. But uh, the 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 it's in a way it's a shame to lose the EU under with such a horrible feeling let's say in the country when it's actually just one issue and I think it's the immigration issue. The thing that really frustrates me is that the ironically given the the context of you know this this this, this sort of false discussion over economics which which remain really majored on I think incorrectly strategically for them. There's, there's, there's still not been any recognition of the really dire state of the eurozone financial system. Yes, exactly. um, and the one person I'd say who's probably done more to, if you like, promote that cause is Russell Napier, who's my probably my favourite analyst. But he makes the point that you know, if, if you take his view, and I'm very sympathetic to his view, that you look at what's happening in you know, German government bonds and government bonds generally, but you know the the eurozone, you know, the, the stocks index, the, the financials, the eurozone financial system is in a hell of a mess. And there's something akin to a slow bank run already occurring, which is driving bunt yields ever lower. Um, this, why is nobody discussing? Why is our media not even touched this? Because yeah, this, is thing, like, this, this is the, we are in a burning building. I want us to get out of the burning building argument that no one else seems to have had. No, but I, think, always- no, but I, I think I have the answer to that because you've been, you know, clever people and you've been saying, you know, that the Eurozone collapse for, for, for years now, let's say it's effectively 10 years. And maybe part of the reason. Well, no, I, I, I go further because I worked at Paribas in the mid nineties. They were the the largest ecu trader before we had the launch of the euro. It was going to be the, called the EMU, the, which is a bird that doesn't fly. They, 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 that would have been brilliant. brilliant. It would be it absolutely would brilliant. And it was the European Monetary Union yeah. and the you know the ERM. But the 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 huge the huge elephant in the room problem that's never ever been addressed is there was and remains no Plan B. So what if this drive towards a common currency is not going to work? And it's like, well, you're in a submarine. There's no way of getting out, and the submarine's sinking, and at some point it's going to explode. Yeah. That's, I think, where we are now. No, but the plan B could be a very simple plan B. Uh, even now, would be just to devalue the euro by twenty five percent. Then all the the, the but every every, the major, every major government the in the world, every major central bank the, the is trying ger- to devalue no, its no, own but currency no, but, at the same time. The Germans time, would go crazy if that happened because you'd have massive inflation. Yeah, but then you'd have then the un- unemployment rates in Italy, uh, fr- uh, Spain, uh, Greece. Would go would go back to what the, you know, because they, the whole problem with the, the the well I think the main problem with the the euro was just it was floated at the wrong price. Well, but it, it was so, it was also it done too quickly. All, to be fair, uh, without, without all of the appropriate you know administrative tra- monetary transfers etc. It, it will always be at the wrong price because you've effectively got a carpet that doesn't quite fit in a room. So you're if you you put it make it fit in one corner, it won't fit in the yeah, other. But no, yeah, but there, half it's soaked in piss now anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but there's there, yeah, but there isn't effect. Yeah, but the, the Amer- United States is basically uh, is in the same boat as well. I mean, nobody no, nobody bothers about that. You know, Kansas and, Ma- and Massachusetts are not the or uh, Manhattan, and, and they're not. They're, there's no there's no connection between the, the economies. It of those took two. the yeah. U.S. over a century to, to to introduce a common currency, and that's in a country with the same rule of law, the same language, the same broad culture. They all say and Europe's, and Europe's tried to do it in. 10, 20 years on the cheap. It hasn't worked. It's now being revealed to be nonsense and, you know, and, and falling apart. And, and there's no real debate about no, it. They've tried to do it before as well. Yeah, but, yeah, they but they have let, tried. It's, it's failed. I mean, I can't remember when, but it was a long time ago. There have been many attempts. 
you look back in history... What, what's that language, the, the, the uh, Esperanto? Uh, yes. Esperanto. Esperanto. Who, who do you know that speaks Esperanto? Yeah, exactly. I'll give it a go. But it's, um, it, it's, it's happened before. They've tried it before. I think that is, that is the most amazing thing about history. We say, Winston Churchill said, the more you want to know about the future, look in the past. And actually, if you look in the past, they have tried to do it before and it failed. Now, I, I can't remember exactly when it was. I just remember that, that they've attempted to do this on more than one occasion. Yeah, but, the, but there's two reasons why the, 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 uh, the Remainers, uh, well, why, why the EU hasn't been sunk. One, the mo- one is because if you don't mind unemployment at 40% in Spain or, you know, in the Greek meltdown and the Italian bond crisis and all that, well, obviously there's nothing wrong with the EU. Yeah, so yeah, that, I mean, that's that yeah. is that's where we are, you know, in in terms of of of, of that issue. But if uh, but it's how will it correct? Sorry to cut in there, but it's it's a bit like saying as long as my if you're happy with your car not working, then it's great to have it. But it's it's just it's not, nice to have it parked as long as, as, long as you don't speak. need to drive it anywhere. Yeah, it's yes, like, it's well, that's, yeah, but that's what we've got with. Yeah, but as, as Tim was saying, and somebody needs to say it properly. What is actually wrong with the EU? Where which is the winning argument? Uh, because forty percent unemployment in Spain. Isn't you, you, you talk. You talk to somebody who's Spanish. I mean, like the wife, and it's like okay, because she thinks that it's much better than it was before we we got into the into the EU in '86. Um, you know, we've got we've got mobile phones now. We've got we've got you know shopping centres. Yes, got, but they're conflating two issues, aren't they? they, they this would have happened. The conflating is a very is a this very is a very was, difficult concept for people to get. But this is not. It's not caused by the EU. You can't look at everything that's good and say. Yes. For example, like there's peace because of the EU. Just so that's, because, that's, that's actually NATO's you know, well, exactly. achievement you can't, target. You, you can't just say, well, okay, let, let's take that argument. The, 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 uh, the, the planet's warming up because of the EU, because since the EU started, it's got hotter. Yeah, so, but that's, that's what Remainers do. So what is the counter-argument to that? Because it, there obviously hasn't been a proper knockout blow by the Brexiteers. We that. also know that deaths in swimming pools correlates quite highly to Nicolas Cage movies. Exactly. Data is... is uh, you can make it look at any, any way you want. But yes, I know what you're saying. The, the trouble is the argument always goes back to if you say you want Brexit, you, you can't put your... In, in America, if you put but your... The, can I just finish yeah. your point? Sorry. If you, in America, if you put your flag out, you are patriotic. If you do the same in the UK... Emily Thornbury behaves like a fat snob towards you. you well, basically, you're, you're accused of being racist. You're not allowed in this country so to, the be, Remainers, to be the Remainers to be have the, the Remainers have the, the perfect lines. That, you know, if you say you're a Brexiteer, that means you're a racist and you're a, a xenophobe. Yes, exactly. If you're a Remainer, you're a good, you're a good person. Exactly. You, you love the community. You're, all, you're inclusive. You're, you know, you're yes, loving. Exactly. So what, That's how it's been painted. So, so, but you're absolutely so, right. So, well, how do we square that circle? So, because so, none of us think Tim, that. Tim, how, how, if you're a re- Remainer, what are the two horrible things that you can say about Remainers? Um, Which are equivalent to I would say economically illiterate would be the first. Yeah, but that's not as punchy as uh, racist xenophobe. Uh, also. Yeah, okay, let me let me try and gather my thoughts. I mean, it's, I'm putting a lot on you because it's like 50 years of trying to come up with a counter-argument, which, which uh, you know... The, for me, the, the, the huge achievement of Brexit is that for the first time, the prevailing political and media class, which was used to getting its own way in everything, suddenly didn't get its own way. So effectively, the, the accusation I would make is it's elitism that doesn't recognise itself. Whereas I would probably say the EU is an... Uh, the world's first economic, uh, t- uh, t- uh, solely economic empire. Mm. 
and it is um, also well, it's just an empire. I mean, that's it's, but that's not. Well, it's quite an empire much. without a without a common people, though. So it's an empire that's been stuck together with you know sellotape and it's bits a, of no, string. It's, it's, it's two things. It's an empire in all in the worst sense of the word. And it's a protection racket. And look know? at look at those how the, those, pe- look the, at the people who are at the top and how they behave. Well, you can only get there if so, you're a crook. But look, look at let's say Donald Tusk and the sorts of things. Yeah, he's, he's, the been, vice, he's the viceroy of Europe. He's the viceroy look, but, of Europe. But just look at what he's been saying and the lack of class. There'll that be he a has. special place in hell for what, those what, Brexiteers what things to say. Properly. I mean, you are just absolutely not respecting the sovereignty sovereignty of a country if you're going to say things like that. That's inflammatory. Yeah, no, I mean, no, the, it's, nobody it's, in the British Empire ever said anything like that. It, it's just incredible. It is incredible. But the protection racket, it, that's the best thing you can say. It is an economic protection racket, but it's still, you know, it's still. It's, it's, it's a protectionist lobbying group that refuses to acknowledge that it is what it is. Which is brilliant. That's brilliant. Because that, that's how they've managed to succeed, because they haven't said what, you know, the British Empire, they said what they were. You know, we're there to help the, uh, the little people from around the world. I mean, that, that kind of thing. But these people, it, it's, it, is, it is brilliant, and that's why they're still there, and that's why they've convinced people. The only, the only way is it'll actually be revealed is when it goes, but it'll never go. I think it's now two to one on Italy being the next uh, country to uh, invoke uh, to, uh, Article 50. That's a very good point. Who's going to be next? I always thought Italy was, would be the first to leave or the first to crash out of the Euro. No, it'll be, it'll be, or, an, it'll be a East European stalking horse. Really? But I think that's the, the, the Hungary or something Poland? like that. Poland? You know, they, they, yes. Yeah, it'll be an East European one. That, that, and that would be the... The worst thing for the the EU because they'll just they'll vote it out they'll vote it out and then that'll you know it'll just be a clear cut it won't be any of this faffing around. Okay, like so three to, put, to put you on the spot, Zach, do you think uh, we'll we'll see another European another EU country um, invoking Article Fifty in the next twelve twenty four months? Uh, I think I think definitely, um, especially once uh, the the Remainers here go for stopping it, and I think that that will really get the, because. Now, now the stakes are much higher. It's a bit like it's a bit like our, uh, January the thirty first mm. thing. The stakes are now so high. You've got a, a stomping majority here, and if that is if that is stopped, which I think it will be, in some way, it, it won't go through. It'll, it'll Brexit in name only. Maybe they can. People won't really get that. But it'd be quite it, nice to see Gina Miller set herself on fire in Parliament Square. Just as a thought. Yeah, but is the, but this, I mean, the, I, I for one would turn up to see that. The, you can't say nasty things about people. I'm not saying it should happen. I'm just saying if it did happen, them. I would enjoy it. That's pandering to the Remainer type of... Uh, um, but that, That's painting you as a worse person than you are, really, but I know what you're saying. But I think the whole thing is now doubled down with the, with the Boris victory, and I, I, but I, I don't think uh, this is the end of the matter at all. There is no way... With the swivel-eyed remainers, they're not going to let it go and say, but, "Oh, well, just what the... can they do?" Because about they don't, ex- they don't accept loss. Well, yeah, the people who a functioning democracy requires the principle of losers' consent. They don't. So if you do not have losers' consent, you do not have a functioning democracy. I'm with you, Paul. What are they going to do about it? I know. We've lost that that consent. We're losing that consent on on win lose, and we're losing that consent. We've already lost consent on money anyway. I mean, the the. It, the money has also become, you know, just like the celebrity uh, thing. People don't want to accept that because they're earning, you know, 20 grand a year, they can't live a millionaire lifestyle. The, the consent of money, I mean, you know, we're really losing a lot of the things that we were born in. And money is 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 already uh, lost in terms Respect of... Respect for sound money, perhaps. You know, yes, exactly. So everybody wants to have the SUV, 
whether the, that was that's how we got the prime uh, the, the 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 crisis in two thousand and eight. It was that was the was a prime, sub uh, sub uh, prime loan thing. That was part of it. That was the start of uh, lack of consent in money. And but the the the, the loser's consent is it was totally gone. I mean that is the thing that and that's the thing that probably is my best argument in terms of it's not going to end here. But but aren't they just going to argue about remaining in the same way that? You know, we were and other people were arguing about Brexit. Yeah, but the, the other without, point, yeah, the, the, also the power of arguments finished as well. So that's the other. You know, it's you know, if you know the loser consent, loser consent is gone. You lose the argument. You still want to win. Well, is it straightforward? Straightforwardly cheap as, as calling the pulling the racist card and then just shutting down the conversation. The moment, the moment that you you call someone, it's like the, there's a there's a, a law about I forget who, whose law it is that you know any online conversation fairly quickly will. It will be reduced to somebody comparing somebody else to Hitler. Yes, I nearly did it fifteen. Well, I wish I did it fifteen minutes ago. Uh, but uh, the but it's just well, it's it's, it's so enjoyable. Um, but the um, yeah, I mean the, the, that consent thing is totally gone now. But I still and that's I why I still, you know the election I just think was not, that's redundant though. It doesn't it doesn't matter if they do that because Boris is in power and things will move forward in the yeah, way. Yeah, but you just find a judge to uh, agree with you. Okay, so why couldn't we have done that the other way about Brexit then, without having to have a general election? Which is the question I was asking for. I asked him this question, and I didn't mean it as a um, Boris is not doing his job. What I meant was um, the referendum happened, people voted on it, the government, whatever you agree or disagree with, the government said that they would implement the result, and the Conservatives were in power. They could have done anything legally to make sure it went through in the same way that you. I'm not, I'm not, not sure to... I could agree with that though, because the reality is that although the government said it would, uh, you know, uh, uh, respect the the will of the people, the reality is that Parliament decided to throw a spanner in the works. Well, that's the point. And they made it legally impossible for the government to implement what it said it would do. Exactly. So, so I, I don't so, think you can so necessarily the blame the government. No, I you wasn't blame, trying you blame to blame Parliament for basically what was at the time being chock full of quizzling delusional scumbags. <laughs> So what, all I'm saying is the tactics Imagine that they were using... Imagine there aren't any, any more. Now they're not none there. Yes, exactly, that's the exactly. whole point. They've all gone. That's, so, that's why. So, so, well, no, well, they, they haven't all gone. They've uh, got a new... No, got a new okay, well, that's a new all point. Gone. So that you, is a new there's point. A, there's think, a wonderful I, I, page on Wikipedia where you can see all the people that lost their seats at the last election. And it is, it is chock full of names that will just be footnotes in the annals of history. Grieve, Subri, Amuna. It's, it's, it's a joy to read. Dennis Skinner. Um, no, but the... the, the you know, he, he's, he's important. Um... I think there'll be a podcast if I'm invited on again after this one. Um, and after losing... There'll, there'll after always losing, be a special, after, after, special place after, in our hearts. Yeah. Well, Tim loves winning. So it's like, no. after, you know, after January the 31st, I think there'll be... A, there'll be, we'll be I can see us t- uh, sitting here in six months' time or whenever it is, and you'll say, you know, Zach, you know, you were right. That whole thing didn't mean anything because uh, it's not up to... It's not the government... It's not within the government's power to, to do what they said they're going to do. The government is not in charge. So it's, it's not over yet, basically. No, it's not over yet But don't, don't you think that the, the result of the election means that Boris now has far more potential to get stuff done than he did before? Because he's now got one not of on, not on Brexit. Not on Brexit. So cynically, I'm, I'm still worried. I am still worried. And I, I tap into what Zach's just said there. Will, I, don't, I, I would love it to be the case that it's clear and all straightforward. But cynically, I think there is... There, uh, there is something that we may have missed or something that may happen that 
that won't make Here it through the way we think. But you're, in six months' time, uh, there'll be this, the, the X, Y, Z will happen. And Boris will say, well, I did my best. You voted me in, it, but it was not up to me, which is basically what he said going into this election. Because- I, have, I have more faith in Dominic Cummings' ability to deliver this, personally. I, well, I hope you're right. I, I have to say, though, about Zach, although you did get the election wrong, what you did call earlier than anybody else I saw was that the whole Brexit thing would be tied up in knots. And you said that... Be frustrated. But you said it'd be frustrated from the get-go. Thwarted. And to the point where people thought you you had a Remain mandate and, yeah. and that's... You were just talking... Just your speaking your mind, yeah. yeah. Dominic Cummings, you know, he won, he won the... Ele- let's say he won the election, but the election was on the, that uh, false... You know, the, the false hope for the, the working-class voters that they will get... You know, that's their protest vote. It was their protest vote. In this situation, uh, it... it it's not the government. We've seen for the last three years. It's not the government. Government is not in charge. It is the law lords, or it is uh, the BBC, civil, civil service, or the BBC, or anybody else. But it's not the government. So that you know, but that uh, not very love actually, or whatever it was that mm-hmm. that thing. It's not up to Boris to, to deliver it. He he will be, he would he can only deliver it. He, he's allowed to deliver it by someone else. Right. I, I don't. It's know. not going to happen. I don't know. It's an intriguing thought, isn't it? Yeah. Government is not in charge. But everybody who's, <clears throat> for example, my local MP, I've read up on what he said about um, Brexit. He was a Remainer, but he said he will. He said he will respect the vote. <laughs> Sorry, it was just. It's Santa. Santa's come to deliver a parcel of Brexit for us. <laughs> so this is this was actually supposed to be a Brexmas like. Season of goodwill to all men. We have uh, crackers. We have crackers. We're going to have just the three. Yeah, it's just well one each. Um, well, we got more if you want them. And uh, crack opens just the two bottles of wine as well. I mean, that well, is, that's, that's just for you. That, that's austerity. That is, that's austerity, Britain. <laughs> two bottles. Of, well, we've got a stack over here. That's just two for you, Zach. Paul, if can you, I pull a cracker with you? Please? If, if you if you were able to drink more than two, you, they're they're there for you. Um, so. The state of the market's uh, budget. Here we go. Well, uh, oh, you try. You try to try to. Paul won that one. Paul, Paul has the. Right. Paul has the gift. Right. So we will get on to. Uh, would you like something to drink? Oh, why not? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Brexmas it after Brexmas all. It's Brexmas, and it's the season of goodwill. And just to tell you that we are going to uh, have a quiz at the end of this. So do stick around. It's not all going to be about. Brexit. In, in the meantime, just what fell out of the cracker? Why are Christmas trees so bad at sewing? They always drop their needles. That's quite intellectual for a cracker uh, joke. Okay, I've got another one for you. What is, and it's, this is not even funny either. What is the reason Spaniards don't sing where the national anthem is played? It's not a very good tune, I think. It has no words. There's something. Really, There's, I didn't no, no, know that. that. Very intellectual. I learned something new today. Thanks, very intellectual. No, I'll drink it out of the bottle. And Thank you. You want, you want wine, yeah? Yeah, that'd be great. Ah, oh, Peroni, Nastro Azzurro. Other beers are available. A Rioja, or would you prefer this is Shanty? No, I think I I need to support the Spanish economy. Okay. Let the the Italians go down, you know. I suppose it's already been bought, so it's a bit... uh, It's a sunk cost now. You'll have to let me know what you think of this, Zach. It's a taste of difference. Uh, Rioja from Sainsbury's. That's good. We are we are looking. Other for, high street are, retailers are also available. We are looking for a sponsor in case we hadn't mentioned that about five times. So um, that might so, be sponsoring the Alcoholics Anonymous sense of the word as well. So what about what about the market, Zach? What what, uh, what do you think? Or 
Oh, the, that's open to everybody. Enabled. You did say you did say it was a, sorry to cut in, but you did say it was a uh, you know like a, a spring coil or a cork in water, and they would float very sharply high, and, and that's what's happened. So I, re- I realize. Well, actually, I also bumped into uh, one of my clients from the nineteen nineties uh, about two months ago. Um, well, have you got a time machine? I used to. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I was at an investor event, you know, a retail investor event. Okay. Right? And um, and this guy came up to me and, you know, it said, uh, I, I couldn't reckon, you know, obviously I couldn't remember or believe that one of the, I had about 10 clients, that's why I stopped being a broker, and futures and options. And he said, Zach, I've just gone short of the, uh, the Dow. <gasps> oh, now there's a, there's a Santa Kanju with. We don't get many more, do we? What's that? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and basically, whatever he did, I remember, then it, you know, it all came back to me, whatever, he, whatever position he took, that was the opposite. That was the. Uh, that was the opposite. Okay, you just gonna have the one. That, that, that was that was me drinking. That <laughs> that's, was, a, that's a pretty big glass. <laughs> that, so. so there you go. Yeah, Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Adams Ghost Ship, half a percent ABV. Other fine beers are also available. Oh, it really is. It's not alcoholic. Cheers, Paul. Merry Brexmas. Merry Brexmas, Zach. Merry Brexmas. Oh, there we go. Worth waiting for. Um, so we're going to ask some questions of Tim and Zach, which are just going to be light-hearted, so non-market stuff. And then after this, we'll do the, the quiz. The quiz, if that's yeah, that's works for you. Yeah. Okay. So the first question for you both, and we'll, we'll go Tim and then Zach, if that's all right. Um, what's the best thing you've ever seen on the internet? For me, Chernobyl. Uh, ah, movie, right? Well, so that series, many, many series. Zach, oh, I took the question the other way. Okay, no, take it any way you want because it could could be time for more Gina Miller jokes. Me thinks <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where is she? So quiet. This is really yeah, disappointing. I know, it's amazing. She'd be outside the High Court or something. Um, th- I took the question as um, you know, what's the best thing you've ever seen on the internet? My my, the best thing I ever saw on the internet was. The first time I saw the internet. Oh, that's clever. So that was like 1991 at some exhibition in like the future, you know, and it was at, at like an Apple Mac, you know, one of those, which looked fantastic then, you know, like that, that time. And uh, yeah, it just, um, you know, I thought not Netscape was there or some browser, but I just couldn't believe it. It was just like all this information coming through. And uh, yeah, just amazing. Can you believe it's been 50 years? So it's 50 years since the beginning of the first ever message sent through the internet yeah but uh, no but i think that the, the, yeah but it's the 1990s which were really the you know the, i the, believe the, it was dylan thomas sent the very <laughs> first message on the internet which is i've just had 50 50 double scotches i think that's a record and they were his last words ever <laughs> something like that yeah so um season of eating too much so if you had to eat the same breakfast lunch and dinner for the rest of your life what would you choose I'll go first. Um, no breakfast for me. Oh, do you not uh, normally eat breakfast? I don't normally eat breakfast. Lunch, you and Bill Gates. Lunch would be cold cuts and salad, but dinner would be either Sichuan cuisine or sushi, or possibly Thai. Ah. So I'm okay. having my having my cake and eating it in a true Boris fashion there. Zach. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Gore Gore blimey, for everyone. Gore blimey. That's Love awesome. Lovely. Okay. So if you could have coffee with anyone living or dead, 
Who would it be and what would you ask them? For me, that would be Richard Feynman, one of the greatest scientists who ever lived, certainly in the 20th century, and I would just let him do the talking. Zach? For me, it would be uh, Gareth Hunt because he did those, you know, he did that thing with the the Maxwell House, you know, that advert. (laughs) So every time he'd be, and I I couldn't do that. Zach's gesture is extremely questionable (laughs) at the moment. Yeah, so Gareth Hunt was You can't see it. It's it's perfect for radio. The guy from the Avengers. Brilliant. Thank you, Zach. Gambit. He was Gambit Gambit, in the Avengers. Gareth Hunt, much-loved actor or Cockney rhyming slang? (laughs) That's why it's it's just, it's it's the same we could go on. If you could be guaranteed the correct answer to one question, what would you ask? What was Jeremy Corbyn thinking? Zach. I've got a clue on that one, actually. What is is Zach now thinking? Could be the close of the Dow in 2020. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I thought. I thought, like, or it could be, is there life after death? uh, No, just like, what's the share price of Amazon? Bloody hell. I was expecting some, like, really philosophical inside inside information. Did the the universe have a beginning? The only thing that keeps me up at night is, is there ever going to be a giant meteorite made, made of pure gold about to smash into the earth? It's the only thing that would lose me sleep. And can you get there first? As soon as it's died down, of course. Um, so if you, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? For me, world peace. Oh, come on. That's not, you can't have that. It's not I'm this, sorry. It's not I, this I, world. I, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't realise this, this game came with restrictions, terms and conditions applying. I'm having world peace. So okay. sod off. Okay. That's not, I don't know if that's strictly a superpower. The abil- okay, okay, the ability to, to impose, create, create and impose Okay, world that's peace. a very nice one, especially for this time yeah. of year. I don't believe it for a moment. It'd be it'd be to have that meteorite <laughs> scold land in Belsize Park, I would have thought. But Zach? If I had any superpower, I was gonna say something else. Wait, what if, any, <laughs> you say if, if, no, you if you, as if it's a matter of doubt. You can't say it. I'm gonna say something else because we want to know what that something else was gonna be. No, the, the boring one was to be able to make anything happen that I wanted to. Mm. But the, yeah. but, but the, the light version would just oh, be... I think Boris has that superpower, personally. Yeah, we'll see. We'll is. agree to disagree on that one. Uh, no, I thought, I, th- I just, actually, as I was coming out, I thought, actually, I would just like to be um, white British. Really? Mike, Mike drop that moment is, That there. is it. That's what I would want to be. Okay. I've had so much... Shit. For not being that. Really? That, yeah, oh, it's just, I would just like to be... Uh, an ordinary Joe in this country. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I an would ordinary love Joe that. Really I would no, no, no. Well, no. That's, despite all the efforts, yes. Uh, I, that's all. That's what I would like to be. Wow. It's been it's been fifty three years of you know. Wow. That's, Hurt. That's, that's actually that's actually quite. I'm quite surprised yeah. about that, and I'm actually quite sorry to hear that in in, mm. in some ways. I, I just think everything stems from that, actually. Right. Okay. Um, what is your worst nightmare? Marxist government. Uh, not being a white British. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's uh, what's your idea? Okay, I think we know what Zach's going to say. So, what is your idea of heaven? Um, <laughs> Free market libertarian government. I refer you to the. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, what's your favourite type of humour? Gallows. Yes, we've had that. You've got a very dark sense of humour, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Zach, who would be your comedian of choice, for example? Oh, I uh, like Eric Morecambe. Really? Yeah, old, school. Yeah, oh, old school? Old school white British. Exactly. I would like to be Eric Morecambe. 
Okay. Um, How do you make your tea? Boiling water, Roy Bosch tea bag, or green tea tea bag. So tea bag in first, then the milk. No, 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 no milk. No, no, no milk, milk in either of those. No milk, Zach. Water bag milk. Yes, that's me. And what colour? White no. British. <laughs> oh, that's gone wrong. Um, is there a word that you hear pronounced incorrectly that drives you mad? Nuclear. <laughs> oh, yes. I, can, I don't think I'd say nuclear. Yeah, nuclear, nuclear, nuclear gets there. Nuclear. People who say H wrong. H. People who say H. H. I want to kill those They're people. They're dropping their H's. They do not deserve to live. What about people who say Pacifically in Spanish? No, no. So if you can't even get one letter of the alphabet, <laughs> alphabet, alphabet. <laughs> how, the... how much of that Ryoko? You heard, you heard. It's just like that. <laughs> Superb. Okay. Um, we should, we, should, uh, we should do the show uh, under the influence more often, Paul. Yes, it's excellent. At, um, least, at least we'll enjoy it. God knows what the audience will think. <laughs> okay. Who do you admire most among writers? It's uh, a good one. Um, there's a guy I'm reading right at the moment, and it's a topical one. Um, Adam Gopnik is, has written a, a brilliant book called Winter, which is the perfect seasonal read for the time of year. So I'd, I'd, I'd start with him at the moment. Adam Gopnik. Zach. Are you going to say Tim Price or no? No, well, Tim's too uh, Tim's too clever for me. But uh, the, uh, uh, the the writer I, I re- I'm reminded of at the moment is actually Clive James. Oh, uh, yes. just oh, R.I.P. to but, yes, yes, exactly. Yes, because to because, uh, because yeah. I'm 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 amazed that uh, I'm amazed that uh, he basically spent his whole life trying to prove that Australians can be in, uh, can be intellectuals. Yes, and I I think he did it actually. <laughs> But he, I think, but he proved that there's a quota of one, yeah. And so he's the he's the only one. And for me, that's that's okay. about right. Okay. Um, uh, only Australian listeners just suddenly disappeared. But anyway, that's that's no fantastic. Um, <clears throat> cats or dogs? Dogs first, then cats, then people. Cats. Um, Favorite accent? Belfast. Why don't you? Nor an iron. Oh, Northern Ireland. That's, that's a, I mean, re- really your favourite. You like to hear that. It's colourful. Yeah. Particularly during the marching season. I was going to say Southern Ireland or proper Ireland, um, which is obviously another minefield. Um, but actually, Almost literally. Uh-huh. But the, uh, my favourite is probably the one I used to speak until the age of about five or six. Here we go. Which is the Glaswegian one. Fun fact about I Zach. Think, I think that's a, a, um, maybe not the uh, the people, the, 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 the men, but the, the women, I think. You know, the, you know, Can you the, still do a bit of it? No I haven't had enough no to drink. Uh, no, I don't. I, I mean, your, your, I, your I, I don't want to so get. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want to get it wrong and go into some sort of. We'll other edit thing. it out. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> we'll edit it out. I might come back to it. Okay. Okay. Um, Beals or stones? Stones. Interesting. I, know, I think I know Zach's. No, it's Beatles by a mile. Yeah, me too. Um, if you couldn't live in England, where would you live? Italy. I'd live uh, in the south of Spain. Okay. With all the other white British. But the exactly. <laughs> 
Sorry. We can... Costa del Sol. <laughs> okay. Um, favorite science writer? Don't have one. Okay, fine. We can we can drop that because that was too. No, no, no. It's fine. Zach, do you do you have one? Uh, well, I suppose the the uh, all the time to sleep with Brave New World. That would be that. That's as far as, as scientific as I go. What's your favourite time of year? Christmas. Autumn in London, followed by Christmas. Oh yes, autumn in London. Love it. September the seventh. <laughs> That's not a season technically. It's my birthday. So. Ah, ah. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll remember that for next year. Um, no, we won't. <laughs> um, so break down. Christmas in the Price house, household. What's the order of the day and the traditions? Presents, then meal, then girls. Do you, do you open the presents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open the presents first. Open oh. the presents, then meal. Uh-huh. And then girls, drink, ass, thick. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Father Ted uh, reference there, by the way. Right. In case anyone was wondering. And, and traditional Christmas lunch? Uh, yeah, but it's normally quite late to to do it. Queen speech? Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Actually, recently, no. Okay. Quite a bit dull. But uh, certainly when I was with the family, we'd, we'd have the Queen speech. It was compulsory. And Christmas movie? Oh, Die Hard. Right. Excellent. Zach? We haven't had a Christmas together since we moved back to England um, from Spain in 2013. Mm-hmm. And so normally the, um, the wife and kids are in Spain and I'm here uh, with, with my ageing parents. Oh, I see. So, yes. so it's a yes. real, um, it's very exciting because my father doesn't drink and um, we sit there and stare at the, well, we, we wait for the market to reopen because that's what we- <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin will be open. You'll no, be actually, he, no, no. He, to be fair, he bets on tennis and, and snooker and darts and stuff like well, that. Well, that'll so, be that's so, so, so. In fact, uh, normally there's the, the darts, I think, around between Christmas and New Year. There's the World Championship darts. So, how, oh, yes, it, yes, so, it is. So, I've been to it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so, so <clears throat> somewhere I'd like to go as well, actually. Yeah, Ali Pali. Yeah, one, one, one of the best sporting quotes ever. There's only one word to describe that magic darts. <laughs> Darts is just fantastic. It is. And there's a, there's a lady that plays darts that uh, was in the news today. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. There was, was a lady that plays darts and she was in the news. That's all I know, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know any more than that. No, but, but I think she couldn't get in or she couldn't. I she think she won something. I thought she won something. But So how do you mark the occasion, though? You must, I mean, do you have a cracker? Do you have a different meal? No, due to the or? religious persuasion of my parents, um, we never had Christmas. Right. Until I was uh, 35 when I got married. And then you see that you see that's where the uh, you see where my what I said before. Yes, you see, yes. Eh? <laughs> uh, I, had, I missed out on like thirty-five Christmases, you know. Right. Uh, so yeah, so we never had that. Okay. And the so, save Christmas for Zach Christmas appeal will begin shortly. <laughs> text your text text donations. Our, co- our, our lines are now open. <laughs> Three quid. <laughs> Three hundred quid. We'll get see Zach having a good time on Christmas Day. Yeah no so yeah so so there was there was a window of uh, 2006 to 2013 where I actually had a Christmas so that's not bad seven out of 53 is not bad is it and w- okay so what describe that Christmas then what was the what oh, was the event? It was great. do you do presents first because because there's oh, a no, lot no, of debate no it's even better because it was um, it was their Spanish uh, the kids are Spanish so that uh, and obviously I'm very British um, they would have Christmas presents and then they would have uh, three kings presents. So they have double. They have double the fun. Is that so? Get, my kids have got. I mean, they've almost already in their life had more Christmases than 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 I have. 
which I think is good. It, so. the, the great news is you're not resentful at all. No, yeah, I'm not like bitter. the Mervis, he wasn't bitter. I'm not bitter or twisted. No. Um, excellent. Okay, so, um, yeah, choice of movie, I've already said that. That was, for me, it's it's always got to be Trading Places. Oh, of course. Yeah, got to have that on. Um, and the final one, what do you do better than anybody else? What's the one thing that you do better than anyone else? Sexual harassment, <laughs> which is doubly what? problematic if you're self-employed. <laughs> Do you want to get arrested? <laughs> but just saying that is, you know. If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room, Zach. Zach. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say winging it, but that's not really, you know. But Well, I, I, okay, something I've noticed, you keep your cool. Grace under, Grace under pressure is a fine character. I've, I've seen that. I've seen, like, um, I've seen you take Actually, a, a very yeah, important like, live interview. You just sort of go, hang on a minute, I've just got to take this call and it's some something like a podcast or live interview. Your battery's nearly dead. You don't know where your headphones are and you just like slowly just answer the call and just deal with it as though... And that's and not I, winging I'd, it, that's pure professionalism. And I'd be like, oh my God, my battery's not like over 80% and I hadn't prepared. I'd be waiting like 10 minutes before and all that sort of stuff. So hats off for that, the way you do that. Well, I'll take that. Yeah, okay. That. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's it. That, those are the, the uh, Christmas questions. For Or are they? Or are they? Uh, is that the limit to the Christmas questions? No, it isn't. Well, look, we've got a prize for one of our listeners, and that prize is going to be, well, it was going to be a signed copy of Tim's fantastic book, but because it's Christmas, it's going to be even better than that. Tell them about it, Zach. It's gonna, I'm going to add to the pot um, my book, my best-selling book of uh, 101 Charts for Trading Success. And with your signatures as well? Yeah, absolutely. Sign, two, well, signed copies. Signed Absolute. copies, yeah. Superb. So how do they win it, Tim? Okay, so welcome to the State of the Markets Christmas Quiz. So all the answers here are linked somehow. When you've spotted the link, any questions you couldn't answer the first time around should become easier, unless you're a candidate for the Labour leadership. When you've completed the quiz, send your answers via direct message to me at Tim F. Price on Twitter. Or, or email, can we say? Or, or email, or email. Do you want to give your email address? No. Okay. Um, the first, <laughs> the first all, <laughs> the first all correct answers drawn out of a hat on New Year's Eve will receive a signed copy of Investing Through the Looking Glass together with a copy, a signed copy of Zach's book as well. And we'll announce the winner on New Year's Day. Judge's decision is final. Okay, number one. Which inept broadcaster made their debut on BBC Radio 4 in 1991? Which inept broadcaster made their debut on BBC Radio 4 in 1991? Question two. Richard Dennis and Bill Eckert are associated with what type of trading? Richard Dennis and Bill Eckert are associated with what type of trading? Question three. Which comedian's middle name is Roma, R-O-M-A? Which comedian's middle name is Roma? Question four. Which culinary powder was invented in 1837? Which culinary powder was invented in 1837? I should perhaps, perhaps add whose culinary powder. Question five. What is my favourite so-called commodity? What is my favourite so-called commodity? Question six. 
Which avian phrase describes William Shakespeare? Which avian phrase describes William Shakespeare? Question 7. Which ice lolly business started in 1925? Which ice lolly business started in 1925? Question 8. What do Melvin Bragg, Andrew Adonis and John Sentamu have in common? What do Melvin Bragg, Andrew Adonis and John Sentamu have in common? Question 9. Which English actress and singer has the middle name Paul, P-A-U-L? Which English actress and singer has the middle name Paul? And finally, question 10. What do Stuart Copeland, Phil Collins and Prince all have in common? What do Stuart Copeland, Phil Collins and Prince all have in common? When you've completed the quiz, send your answers via DM to me at Tim F. Price on Twitter or via the email address that we're not giving you. The first all correct answers drawn out of a hat will receive a signed copy of my book along with Zach's book. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Absolutely fantastic prize. I actually haven't got a copy of your book, Zach. I'd really like to get I'll have to buy it, won't I? No, no, I'll give it to you. Okay. That'd a, be, uh... I've got a, a, quite a big stash. I imagine you could probably get that through Amazon, couldn't you, Zach? Yes, you could, but who would who would want to do it through that? Well, you can get it straight from the author for free. Exactly. Absolutely superb. Um, so in 2019, we'd like to say a very big thank you to all our podcast guests. Mike Hollings, Ned Naylor-Leyland, John Stepek, Christopher Snowden, Dominic Frisby, Rory Sutherland, Stephen Hazel-Smith, Eamon Butler, Rob Gardner, Simon Evans, Chris Clark, David Collum, Jonathan Davis, Chloe Wesley, Alastair McLeod, Glenn Goodman, David Miller, Sir Stephen Wilkinson, Tim Parker, Chris Dillo, Alan Steele, Guido Holzman, Toby Baxendale, Colin Lloyd, Liam Halligan, Mark Brooks, Paul Gambles, and Danielle DiMartino Booth. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, and we hope to have you back soon. That'd be nice, nice subject. Yes, we'd like to add, 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 add to that. Grateful to all of them. How do you, how do you decide who's on the show? Um, Apart from me, obviously, I force you to put me on the yeah, show. Tim, I mean, how do you how do you decide, how do you actually do, what's the criteria? Well, Tim mainly tea just, leaves, tea leaves. Tim mainly just you know they just sort of appear. I don't know. I don't know how it happens. Tim just says next week. Do you remember got, Mr. Ben? Yes. Yeah, and then the shopkeeper appeared. Yes. So yeah, they just they just turn up. I don't know how. It's like a magic circle. It though, is. Isn't yeah. it? it is a magic circle. Never ending as well, it seems. Because I always say, <clears throat> it'd be great to have you back on the show, but there's always more people. What about, do you, I haven't heard a woman on the show. Uh, uh, yeah, we had, yeah, we had, uh, yes. we had one. Uh, you had Chloe. Chloe. Chloe Wesley was on the yep. show, and we have got Daniel DiMartino Booth in the can, and that'll be going So out. to speak. <laughs> We're going to let her out in a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> so she's not going to come on the show now, is she, after, after hearing that? No, she's on it. She's already here. She's already here. She's trapped in the can. She's done. We've. She, it's in the, oh right, sorry. I was going to put actually. Oh, I was going to. I was going to put her out, but your podcast came before because it was uh, election related. So I couldn't put yours out afterwards. It wouldn't have made sense. I'm tired of listening to middle aged men. Yeah, well, uh, there's some women. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Zach. Just like um, women and non-binaries have been sorely underrepresented on your show. Well, I would very much like more. If you're a woman and uh, or non-binary, if you're a woman and you are and. If you look, if anybody wants to come on the show, they're they're welcome. Just 
drop us a line. Yeah, we'd, we'd welcome all, all comments. Even Remainers. I, I'd be quite happy. <laughs> well, to... let's not go that far. <laughs> no, seriously, I'd be quite happy to have a good conversation with a Remainer. And what about people who don't like money, they don't like the markets, but just to say, you know, it's like they say, well, you know, you've got all the... It, the markets are like a macho spectator sport. Yeah. I mean, it's like talking about... It is like talking about the horses or football. I mean, it, this is like the equivalent of that isn't it it's like it's well, like it's the pundit it's like the pundits at the end of sky sports i mean you know the the whatever it, it doesn't have to be there because money is a universal construct isn't it so money money affects everybody everybody's interested in money or should be yeah and we're just trying to sort of de yeah de-escalate the the machismo of the whole thing yeah i've got no i've th- th- it's not by design like for example in the film world there are more male directors than female directors in the trading world there's more men who are traders than women so there are as, more as, women than men in the female toilets at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Not necessarily. Just need to unpack that comment. But, um, but if you take, you know, peop- maybe things will change in the future, but it's not... It's not intentional that we I think have... there's two things. Is there's the... That we have... There's women the and then there's younger people. That you just have like a, an 18-year-old or a 21-year-old. Yeah. And, and for some reason, you can't have that... You know, the markets are so complex, allegedly... Uh, that, you know, you need 30 years in the saddle in order to understand them. Well, if you're young and you're in the markets, all you need to know is that the central bank prints money and they go up, right? Mm. That's all they've... They're simple. It's just, it goes up. Yeah, but then we... Yeah, but then us older people that we complicate it by, you know, bringing in all the, you know, the bond yields and the this and that, whereas, you know... I was I was saying to my father yesterday, all he needed to do... He he made a lot of money going shorter during the uh, um, GFT. Uh, but then he, he didn't realise that, and as Hugh Henry didn't realise that, once they started printing money and interest rates are zero, the market's a one-way bet. Mm. Nobody wrote something in 2009 and said from from March 2009 uh, add, uh, till, till, till the end of time or till you know, interest rates are zero, you just keep buying stock. Yeah. All you do is buy stock and buy property. And actually, even even bonds, even bonds work. I think well. that you know, there's a lot of talk. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of talk and a lot of middle aged talk. Yeah. But actually, you could just say to you could say to you know, a newbie who doesn't know anything about the market, interest rates are zero. Uh, when interest rates are zero, money is cheap. You buy houses, you buy property, and, and you probably just set up your own business. Wasn't that what John Hearn was saying? I, I to some, something to that extent. I remember one of the economists on our show was effectively saying that despite all our worries and, uh, about the markets being toppy and frothy, um, it could have been Charles, was it Charles Ferguson? Charles Ferguson made some amazing. James Ferguson. Yeah, James yeah. Ferguson, sorry. Yeah, James but that, Ferguson. yeah, but that's the thing that, you know, out of all the, you know, all the talk, you had somebody that you remember who just said, look, interest rates are zero, buy property, buy financial assets, uh, set up your own business. You've got to say, you've got the, the central bank put, central bank put in there. Yeah. Knock yourself out. But Tim made a fantastic point, um, actually, with you on the show about the French Revolution and how history is written. And the point I wanted to make about that is the same thing will be said about the markets. Like, you you can have, for example, a 10-year bull market in property and then a crash, and everyone forgets the huge bull market. Yeah, the credit should should go to my colleague, Killian Connolly, because he's the guy that introduced me to the concept, which was the... Uh, the storming of the Bastille in the French Revolution happened on 14th of July, 1789. When did the king and his mistress get their heads chopped off? And the answer is actually four years later. 
So the point being that the history books have this kind of linear procession of things, of events. And this is, this is you know, when you read it, it's like, oh, this happened and that happened. But so, for example, let's, let's assume for the sake of argument that Brexit does actually happen in some meaningful way the end of January 2020. The history books might well say, we voted out in 2016, was it? No, yes, 20, 2016. 20, God, I can't believe it's that oh, long no, ago. It's amazing. 2016, and then, and then, then we finally left. And it will t- they will take no account necessarily of the four years of pain and infighting and you know internecine struggle and practically national civil war. That that will all be sort of just blown away in the wind. It will yeah. take no account of that. But at the same time, after four years, in some ways, maybe that's like a some sort of uh, celestial time period that you, like the Olympics are every four years. Mm. After it, we, we don't actually we now actually don't care that the rem, the remainers don't uh, care. And the Brexiteers don't care. It's a bit so, like, it's so, a bit so, like therefore, a... so therefore, it can go ahead it's because a... all the all the all the heat has been taken out of this. Been lo- four years is long enough for all the heat to be taken out of the it's argument. It's a bit like an episode of Star Trek or some kind of science fiction premise, whereby you've got these two civilizations fighting each other, and they've long since forgotten why they went to war in the first place. I remember that episode. Mm. It's actually Gene Roddenberry is probably the better than Aldous Huxley, uh, but um, the but. Yeah, I think that's it's actually long enough. Not it, it'll happen, but it won't, be, it won't be relevant anymore. And that's the same with the with the French Revolution. By the time they killed the king, it was like you know we, we don't actually care anymore. And it's it's so that's all the argument, all the heat, all the is, is taken out of it. I thought they were going to use that as a way of making it not happen, where we would just get just so sick of arguing about it that. When it doesn't happen, it would be like, okay, well, that's it, you know. But it, I think, the, I think <clears throat> the, the election results have proven that there's still a plenty of people that care Definitely. quite passionately about this. Definitely. Yeah, but I don't. Even, I think it was a protest, but I don't think it was actually anything to do with. It was just, you know, what will what will send the biggest message? What, what's the only message we can send? And the message was a massive Boris uh, victory. Mm. But if the it, a better message was a mar- massive Corbyn, uh, you know, victory, they would have done that too. There was a, there was like a floating, you know. It was just how can we pack the biggest punch? I don't think it was necessarily to do with, you know, it was anti-establishment. It was an anti-establishment vote, but we don't actually know what part of it, or you know, what, what that that message, which how was that concentrated? Was it towards Brexit? Was it just we hate the establishment for defying us? I mean, we don't know. I think we'll find out, um, but I don't think at the moment it's actually uh, clear. The dust hasn't settled, certainly. Well, it, it, surely it's just Corbyn was unelectable on the basis of his policies being too far to the left. No, I, mean, but, I think yeah, no, no. But the thing, but the thing with that is, it, it's you know, I, I do think we're in a one-party state. We're in a whatever. We're in a sort of mid-conservative type of government, which we've had, let's say, since uh, well, since Attlee got kicked out. So from fifty-one, uh, from that time. And it's basically been the same kind of middle conservative um, uh, type of a government. Uh, even in Harold Wilson, that was a time when people, th- that's why he had all those problems himself, because people thought, or the, the establishment thought, that he could be a commie or could be a socialist or he could be something like that. And we, we've, but otherwise, we've just, we've been very, very tight. This country is very, very tight and it's, it's political, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And I don't think, I, I don't think that's that's changed, and I don't think it you know it will change uh, in the in the near term, which means Labour never had a chance, and anybody who's you know that party, I don't think the party exists anymore. 
I mean, it's it, you know, it's just it's I don't I don't see that uh, it, it the um, the the, view, the policies they had were just totally impractical. It's just like saying everyone who's uh, you know sixty five should have. Uh, it's like uh, saying we're going to renounce the laws of gravity. Yes, exactly. It was that. Just float it was around that. And, fly. and so and and any time it looked like they were going to win or the polls went in their favour, they just said something stupid. Mm. You know, I, I actually think... Right, even more stupid. Somebody who's, you know, I think the Labour Party has been infiltrated by people who, who make sure it will never be electable. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's a really interesting question. Does, does momentum actually have any real interest in being an elected force? And I'm, I, like you, you're alluding, I'm not sure they do. They, they exist purely... It's a bit like Nicola Sturgeon's sort of one-woman campaign try and get Scotland out of the union. It's just... I keep coming back to this line from I think it's the Wild One, um, the film, and someone asks the, the you know Marlon Brando, "What are you against, Johnny?" And his response is, "What do you got?" You know, they'll protest against anything. Yeah, they they exist solely to be a, no, the, a yeah, voice but, of you know fuming, how do they exi- uh, hatred against. How do the they world. exist? Where does the money come from? How do they how do they keep going? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, it, to me, it's as if somebody said, "It's to, bizarre." It's a bizarre. You, you know, absolutely. you could you know you could say you know I don't know how it works, but you're MI five or MI six or whatever is Zach. Go and become uh, go and join Labour and. And make sure they don't win. Yeah, I would do it. I know. I know how I'd, I would do it. What about the Lib Dems though? It was surprising that they didn't get. I mean, it isn't surprising, but it is. No, it's very surprising. From a protest point of view, I don't, I don't agree. I, I, if any, anybody should be done under the Trade Descriptions Act, it's a party calling itself Liberal Democrats, whose primary mission for the last election mandate was to overturn the largest democratic vote for anything that's ever happened in our country's history. I mean, to be fair, that was so utterly I'm, I'm delighted they've been consigned to the dustbin of history. I would actually have them all, all deported to Zimbabwe. But, but, there, but then you couldn't, make, you couldn't make up how idiotic that was. I mean, that was, that was their fatal flaw, liberal non-democrats, and then Labour with Illiberal their... Illiberal non-democrats. Yes, exactly. Then Labour with their, um, you know, gravity-defying um, economic policy. It just... I can't believe that was something which was uh, natural uh, without any external or any help. I mean, the, the Zach, whole... do, you, do you not get some comfort from the fact that the, the, you could make a good argument for the, the great British public being just, you know, they, they deserve a round of applause for just being straightforward and, and normal and logical and not falling for any of this crap? I, I I take my hat yeah, off. Yeah, I I, th- I think you. Yeah, but the least worst the least worst underestimate the British public. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, but the least worst option, you know, if you it's it's like you know if somebody puts, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you, there's no food around. You've got to eat you eat a cockroach, eat a ladybird, eat a rat, eat a. You know, that's that was the choice that the people had. They're all, all bad choices. I mean, Boris, you know, he's but the you mo- could argue this is the most entitled. Enti- but Boris, is I, the- I'd give them credit for for two things. A, I mean, I I, I voted. Brexit party in the EU elections, but and I make no secret of the fact that I voted Conservative at the last election. And so many other people clearly did exactly the same thing. Now, that's I'm not sure that counts as a sophisticated policy, but it's it's it, it it's indicative of some kind of brain activity, not just on the part of myself, I hope, but also on the part of millions and millions of fellow Britons. And I just I I'm I'm hugely happy with that. I think what was interesting about this was because because of our views and because of how we've talked about it <clears throat> a lot on the podcast and a lot with people around us, are we in a position of hyper-normalisation where we just see and hear what we want to hear or is it that people actually want Brexit and will vote for Conservative? And what was so amazing about the election was <clears throat> it wasn't just us. It was, 
it seemed to be that's what whether you think there was no but the alternative. really weird thing about us to call to use that that term is it felt at the time that we were in some kind of weird minority yes the, yes. the you know the way the mainstream media has been working for at least the last four years is here's here's the intelligence to do people now just obey the bbc obey channel four obey God, you know, Bay the Financial Blair. Times. <laughs> yeah, can we wheel out a few more figures that? to be wildly discredited? Did you see that People's Video thing he did? It was just utterly awful on 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 the BBC. I just I couldn't watch it. Well, they it they just... say that that all political careers end in failure, and I think Tony Blair is proving that message in in effing spades. If you listen back to it now, it just well it's, at the time it sounded awful, but it was. You know, talk, how could you talk about democracy and then start talking about reversing Brexit and doing the right thing? It's just ridiculous when people have voted for it. Well, I think I think that, that's easier to happen when you're in the pay of one of the lobbying groups, namely the EU. Because the way the EU works, I, I think one of the reasons why we've, we, this has lasted as long as it has done and been as toxic is because a fair number of the people who've been militating against Brexit of being paid, being physically paid by Brussels. Yeah, but that's the EU, and Brussels yeah. does not allow you to be critical of the project if they're paying you, which yeah. is kind of fair. Yeah. I mean, it's all rotten borough territory, but it's still fair in a perverse way. Yeah, so that yeah, but that gets back to the mafia uh, protection racket. It's a kleptocracy. Yeah, which again, people don't understand what that is. I mean, that's the the problem is the criticisms of the EU. Are, they need they need that soundbite of saying you know you know that is it the mafia? It's basically the mafia, isn't it? Mm. They are a mafia. And so, but, I mean, for, for me, that would be the best description of the EU. But the mafia aren't going to lose. That's the problem. And I think that's why I'm worried about what you were saying, about how, how this will actually there is no, be implemented. There is no way uh, that it, this, this will pan out as, it, it, as a fair fight. That's all you, I know, and that's probably all that you can assume. You say that, but at the there end of the no day, way. the referendum did go one way, despite yeah. everything they tried to throw at it. So I, I'm, I'm more hopeful than you are on this. You know, that, only that... Greenland got out. You know, it's that, and I, 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 I think it's still going to happen like that. There's no way, if if you know, if establishment means anything, if if uh, you know these lobbying, this lobbying. I mean, the, 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 I suppose the criticism of Boris is that he was helped somehow. It was a bit like the Trump thing, you know, Russians have helped and they've interfe- interfered with the, the election, all that sort of paranoia there. But there is no way that there's no point having a judiciary and there's no point having the media and there's no point having all the other systems of control. And there's no point having the EU if when, when, when times get tough, you know, just because there was a vote, uh, they lose. That's not, that's not the way it works. But that's the, the great thing about it's Brexit. Not, it's, like, it's, like been, you, it's been affirmed by the general election result. It says this will be the first time when a vote against the EU can't be reversed by the EU. Because in every other occasion that's happened, they've man- managed somehow to ignore it, avoid it, thwart it, frustrate it, whatever. This is the first time that there's a, there's a good chance that they won't get their own way, and that's terrific. Believing in democracy in 2020 is like believing in Father Christmas. Mm. And you, I, I feel that I'm sitting with two people who believe in Father Christmas. <laughs> Luckily, you already had your presence and everything. Was you know it's Boxing Day and everything else. But you're believing; it's the equivalent of believing. You think, oh, a, a good argument, uh, a good vote, and uh, because it's intellectually right, will win. You won't. That's where we are now. Mm. And I think you should remember. You should remember that going down the line. I think. It, I, I wish it wasn't true, but I think that's that's the case. No, God I, blesses it, everyone, said Tiny Tim. 
you, you're being you, you just you're being realistic in your view. That's what that's that's what you're saying here. It's not what you want to happen. It's what you think will happen, which is what good analysis is all about. But I'm thinking that um, the only thing that could possibly upend this would be something like a financial crisis. Where in the eurozone, have, perhaps. You can't have a financial crisis when interest rates are zero. You can have you a can, financial crisis can. if people lose confidence in the currency system. You can, you can and you will, uh, you will. Because and is, is Deutsche Bank not, not already enjoying a rolling financial crisis? I mean, everyone knows they're, they're bankrupt and all yeah, but it doesn't matter because interest rates are zero. That's, it, but I mean, that, it, but it's, it's a lower bound. I mean, you, you can only then start... The safety net... It's like a man on... You know, it's, 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 the, uh, it's a man on the trapeze with, with a with safety net. Interest rates are the safety net. I, I believe... The in, person can't die. I, I believe in what Margaret Thatcher said, and that is that you can't buck the markets, the markets will buck you. And it might not happen in the short term, it just will happen eventually. And I know eventually it could be two years, it could be five years... It could outlive us. It, it could, it could. But you, you are building up the mother of all crashes. You are building up. I think you, you don't, you don't appreciate how since two thousand and eight. Oh, I do. I do. All te- economic textbooks are, are um, defunct. But they and all were. economic ideas. No, but no, but no, no. But there anyway. was, there was a supply and demand. There was a, now, but nothing to do with that. With nothing to do with it. But that's interesting. That's, that's then saying if, that if, human, if, na- if, if human s- nature's changed. Human nature hasn't changed. If, if this was, if this uh, podcast was made in two thousand and seven or six, and um, you know, you, you, I said to you, you know, the interest rate is going to be lowered, low, lowered to 05 percent. You'd say inflate the inflation would be fifty percent or. No, but, because, in, but in no, financial no, asset terms, way, it has been fifty percent or more. Because the only the only way you'd have interest rates. That- such a low level would be if there isn't any inflation. Because if inflation was up, you wouldn't have it at 0.5%. But in, but infl- what, in, I, what I would in, say, in, sorry, sorry, Tim, if I could just yeah. make this point, what I would have said if you'd said interest rates, I was talking about negative interest rates in the 90s because in teaching about markets, what you have to do is teach about having an open mind about anything happening, i.e. negative interest rates, which had happened once before in Switzerland um, around the 90s when there was a big crisis, but not, n- nothing like we've seen at the moment. So if interest rates were at, you know, half a percent, it would mean that there's an almighty crisis of some kind going on. The system is not working because you're trying to effectively force so much money into the system that you're propping it up. Now, that's when you start to unpick it all and through listening to Tim, um, y- y- you sort of, it, it suddenly dawns on you just quite how far this goes back. And it does come back to sound money. I hate to you know, sound like a stuck record about gold and what Tim said about it, but it does come back to that. As soon as Nixon said in the 70s he was going to take the dollar off the gold standard. Pure, purely bet, temporarily. Purely temporarily. All bets were off. Everything has, everything has changed. If you look at the wealth creation... Yeah, but you're, you're wrong because, as I said, 2008 is... Year zero, it's you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's but uh, it, I thought it's zero it was. AD. I thought like you, but it's not, it, it wasn't. It's, it's it, important it, that people define their terms. So, what, when we talk about inflation, what do we mean by inflation? I'm going to take the Austrian school, classical economics school definition, which is inflation is an increase in the money supply. The inflation that most people think of inflation is a, basically a higher price, rate, higher prices for goods and services, and all that stuff. Okay, that's a okay. second order effect. Ah. The inflation takes place when you boost the money supply and then you just wait and over time, miraculously, the market will decide 
that certain things are going to go up in price. But that's a function of the fact that the money supply has just been you know, massively exploded by central bank. That's the issue. So when we say there's no inflation, that's not, the, that's not the case. The inflation at a monetary level has already occurred, and it's also already occurred at a level of financial asset prices. What we haven't seen yet, and give it time, is, okay, so, and, and also there's so, many, there's so many things that we all use that have gone up way in price that just aren't, now they, they fixed the figures, so let's not pretend the figures are an accurate depiction of reality. You know, the, the true inflation rate. My explanation, which I think is, We'd love I to actually hear. have, which is Nobel Prize winning. <laughs> called, uh, that, that may not be that favourable a, a, a way to describe it. Well, no, because you've got to be a, like a lefty lovey to get a Nobel Prize. But uh, Well, I'm just saying, is he, with enough Nobel laureates, you can destroy an entire hedge fund and crash the entire was, financial <laughs> system. So. I think the... Long-term no, I, management. The, the, let's say, if in, under the old system, pre-2008, um, if you lowered, if you all of a sudden, you know, Thatcher lowered interest rates to zero or 0.5%, there would have been massive inflation. Massive inflation would be like, you know, 20%, 30% or whatever it was because you have that easy money thing going on, right? In this situation, for some reason, you know, since, since 2008, we've lowered interest rates to zero and inflation is 2%. But or we 3%. also have a globalised economy with a deflationary force in the name of China, for example. Or the internet. And the internet. I don't, think it's that. I, think, I don't think it's that. I just think the banks are holding so much bad debt and the government is holding so much debt that just by bringing more... The system's more, frozen. Well, yeah, because you're paying off all the money you've got, like well, David Let, let me try said. and explain my donut, uh, okay. donut okay, uh, inflation let, theory because it. it's just like donuts. That's the good thing to say. Um, what's happened is, let's say, below goods which are worth £1,000 or less have gone through the roof. So the, 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 the cappuccino, the train ticket, whatever it is. People between, will now pay five quid for a cup of coffee. Yeah, between between a thousand or whatever that that you know just the, the sort of the normal day to day expenses, and a hundred thousand, there's been massive deflation. So that goes with the computers, salaries, blah 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 blah. Then for for asset, you know, the the big assets, property, the, the property, etc. There's been massive inflation. But the donut thing is that if you average out. There's no inflation. There's no inflation. Yeah. So it's like plus 50%, minus 50% in the uh, mid-price zone, and then plus 100%, and then it just becomes, becomes plus two. So th- th- that's a donut theory. Um, but it's, it is totally disingenuous, and it's a totally weird thing to happen. But because white-collar, let's say white-collar um, uh, salaries have gone through the floor, but, you know, apart from NHS doctors, um, you have that situation there that the, the the pluses and minuses, and then with the negatives of the of the internet and globalization and you know child slavery and all the other stuff they have, we've got we've got a figure of two to three percent. But with the the price amplitude has been horrific. So the coffee has gone from the variation. The, 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 yes, yes, exactly. The yes, it's been, the, the coffee has gone from fifty p or, or five, it used to be twenty p or thirty p for a coffee. It's now five quid. So you have that kind of thing. But it, it is a fiddle. The, the, the infl- inflation thing is a fiddle because it's been horrific. I mean, it's been absolutely, you know, got Notting Hill House for 30 million and a coffee for five pounds or three pounds or four pounds. Uh, but the deflation has been so horrific and other things that it adds up to plus 2%. But that dynamic in pricing has really 
I think that's why I said the amplitude has really gone up uh, and the volatility has really gone up. I think the problem that this creates is that, of course, the youth are going to be angry because if you, if you have policies that promote home ownership and asset creation and asset acquisition, and then you put those assets out of reach to the young, of course you're going to have this happening. Yeah, but they're not worth happening any, anyway. I mean, like a house, if you think about it, if, you buy, if, if, you're, if you're over 50, there's no point buying a house anyway because the deposit would, you know, you could live off the deposit for the rest of your life. It's so it's idiotic. Yeah. So things like that are idiotic. And so actually renting is, is fantastic compared to buying a house. But we've got this thing about we have to have a house, we have to have a car, where it's cheaper to go buy Uber, for instance, because of the technology. Yeah. It's cheaper to obviously buy uh, online than it is in a shop. There's no point going to a shop at all. So there's all these behavioural changes now that we've had. Yes. The, and, the, rent, the rental economy, it seems like everybody, nobody wants to buy it. Yes, and micro-renting, you know, you, you know you, it, it's, it's gone down to that. You just literally, um, I mean, Tim would come up with a, with a crude analogy, but I mean, literally everything is, 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 is for hire. You know, you're, 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 it's micro-sex worker-ish type of activity that everything, you're just like, I'll have this for 10 minutes, I'll have this for 20 minutes. You just literally hire that for the... Have you been you know, eavesdropping on my... Uh, yes, I have affairs. actually, yes, I have actually, yes. Um, so, so, so that's it. It's just literally a higher, you know, it's a, a gun for hire, renting. I mean, it really is like that. So how much of it is internet efficiency and how much is it the, the debasement of currency? Technology has been a massive deflationary uh, situation. Transparency. Before, you know, you, I might want to buy your house and I say, well, I'll give you like three million for it. But actually now I look on Rightmove and it's actually only, you know, one and a half. Okay, mm. I'm not going to buy it. And so I think technology has been massive. But the, 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 not, with, not with houses, though. Come on, houses. Okay, so, so here's a massive big thing question. How do we get out of this doom loop that we seem to be trapped in? The, the, the ZERP. Nerd. As Gordon Brown said, it was one of the greatest eco, you know, economic... Well, he, he clearly solved the issue of boom and bust. So. He did. Yeah, and then no, no, it coincided, that co- 2008 coincided with the end of boom and bust. There will never be boom and bust again. We're just in a, a no man's land. Stock prices have reached what seems to be a permanently high plateau. But yeah, but stock prices are a political um, football. Have nothing, seen, nothing, have to you... do, nothing to do with uh, uh, any supply and demand or any... Uh, the state of the economy, they are just there as a window dressing on the whole. That, that's a window dressing. Trump, uh, Trump, Trump but, just, to, but to go back to the question, if, if you were, if any of us around the table were somehow mysteriously converted into Grand High Ming of the universe, so a combination of Powell, Jay Powell at the Fed, Mark <laughs> Carney at the uh, Bank of England. He's still there. He, I think he's still eking out a living there. And then plus the ECB, plus the BOJ, plus the... Uh, People's Bank of China, all of those things combined, and and plus all the, all the politics that you need as well. If you had godlike power over the monetary system and dare I say it, the economy, what would you do to bring things back to some semblance of normality? I, I think you'd have to raise interest rates and then have a plan to deal with the companies that start to fold on the basis of that, because effectively you're clearing out the dead zombie wood from the economy. But you've that's also to... well, that's also deflationary. Because if you've but got it, zombie companies operating, putting out whatever goods and services they are, but they're only in business because of zero interest rates, when, when that deadwood's cleared away, you have inflation again. Well, that, but that's, that's surely what they want, isn't it? Well, what, what, I mean, let, let's take it away from inflation. Let's just say 
we want a proper functioning economy. Where, where people who make bad decisions and bad investments get taken to the cleaners. Well, yeah, that, that's what that, Without that, you don't have capitalism. You don't have capitalism at the moment. Yeah, that, but, yeah, but, the, the, pro- yeah, but the, the, the reason, and the, the whole thing goes back to 2008 with the banking system, All if you raised interest rates and went back to normalisation in terms of uh, the whole credit thing, all the banks would go bust. All the yeah. re- you know, lawyers yeah. would go bust, yes, RBS would remain bust, yeah. become even more bust. HSBC uh, might escape. No, but you, all these, all but these. Can all, you, can you, the, can the you prob- set up a metro? Pro- no, no, but the problem is, the pro- I have- think the problem was, in a way, uh, the crisis of, of, of that time was because the banking uh, banking model uh, reached it, it reached its, its end. You know, the rev- rev- it was basically no because revolution, you know, like the revolute, it was it, it was a revolute revolution, in the sense that um, for you know it was the end of it's just like cars becoming defunct because well yeah there is an answer to this and this this is I thought long and hard about it and if you are not going to separate trading investment banking with traditional banking which is I think the man on the street probably doesn't understand that you shouldn't have those risks parked in the same place. And, and, and just where- to, to labour that point, Glass-Steagall reforms that were introduced after the crash during the Great Depression were repealed in the late 90s under Clinton and at the lobbying of Wall Street. So if, if you're not going to do that, which you should, that's exactly what you need to do to protect. Because then you, that, this argument about, OK, the investment banks have made poor decisions and the system's going to crash, you can't hold Main Street to, to ransom. So if you're not going to do that, then you have to do something else. And that means... Caveat emptor, you've got to let the buyer beware. And, and the way you do that is that everybody in this country has a national insurance number. Therefore, you have an account with a bank, a, a kind of government central bank of some kind, and that bank pays you very low rates of interest. But it pays you something. But that's Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. But if you have an account at that bank, you cannot have an account anywhere else. So you make your choice. Either you have it with the safe bank... Or you'll have the risk-taking bank. Or you have the risk-taking bank. And therefore, when there's a crisis, you have a choice. And the choice is that, okay, I got a lot less than you guys, but my money's safe. Or, okay, I think the system's okay, I'm going to park my money there. And if you want to... You you can't just suddenly close your account. It takes you five years to go from one account to the other. You can move, but it takes you five years. So... That is how I would do it. It's a bit like the mum saying to a kid in the tree, if you fall off that tree, Tommy, and break your legs, don't come running to me. <laughs> but that, that's how, yeah, that's but how t- you... No, 2008 you... was the time for me when we, we discovered that retail banking was dead. But we couldn't allow retail banks to go dead because they were too big to fail. Betamax went dead in 1988. A but, superior, but, but, but a it, superior. But it didn't matter because it was only Betamax. But we had a problem that retail banks were so important to the economy for some reason that they couldn't be allowed to but fail. They weren't though. That's the whole point. And you, so you the whole ten-year, the whole ten-year thing that we've had, the whole ten-year odyssey, is just to save the banks, the retail banks. If somebody it shouldn't have been saved in the first place. You know, you've got Revolut, you've got all these other things. There's no business model there. There's absolutely they, no why business. Didn't, why didn't they just split the, the technology? Risk? Why did they just split basically, the Basically, the technology at, in, by that time meant that you didn't need, uh, you know, branch offices and all the other stuff and all the other, you know, everything that we have. And that's it. And that, but we've, we've gone, just because of the banks, everything else has, has gone haywire, upside down, and just, you know, topsy-turvy. But that, that's just, just because of the banks. <clears throat> Let's take that and unpack that statement. 
just because of the banks means that the banks took much, too much risk. And the banks took too much risk because... They knew that there was a backstop. By the, they knew there was a backstop because because money was no longer linked to anything. And that goes back to the 1970s. And so I, I get what you're saying. The who's, more impo- who, who are more, who's more important? Savers who get 5% uh, on deposit or Lloyds Bank or RBS or any of these other... Um, you know, parasite organisations. What if if we if we raised interest rates to five percent, we get we say well we want normalisation now. All the banks would go bust, basically, because most of them can't even make money as it is. And but we, all the depositors would be would be would be fine again. You'd have, but uh, they much, wouldn't be. There'd be much because more. They, it would it would it would. No, why, why wouldn't they be? Because they wouldn't be able to be paid out the interest and the bank would go bust and they'd end up losing over £80,000. If they've got over £80,000 in their, in their accounts, then you'd have a kind of mass collapse. I do, I do to- love your idea of basically giving people a choice between basically a low-risk, low-return banking solution provided by government and a higher-risk, higher-return market-based solution provided by the private sector. The, the, the reality I think that we, we're slowly getting towards is there's a recognition that this whole nobody can ever lose money, nobody, that everyone must be a winner, everyone should have prizes. It has to end. It has to end. It's a cultural, philosophical issue. Yeah, but we're going, it, it, but we're going the other just, way. Yeah, but we're going the other we, way. We, we are we're going, going the other way. Which totally is, going the other way. Which is, you know, there's no risk in anything. So, so I remember the, the very stressful discussions we were having with clients, private clients back in 2008, the dark days of, sort of around, around the time of Lehman's failure and afterwards. And people were calling up and saying, I've got money with Barclays, is it safe? And they weren't talking about, I own Barclays equity. They were saying, I've got money on, on deposit. deposit with Barclays. And so you were having to make a value judgment about, in extremis, which banks are, quote, good and which banks are, quote, bad. And so the conclusion that we came to was at a, at a proper commercial high street banking level, the likes of HSBC would make it. And that on the, on the fringe... Banks that are outside that sort of top tier, frankly, could might not. And then you've got the government-related banks, things like NSNI and the National Savings and premium bonds and all the rest. The reality now is that, and I think we've all probably reached the same point, is that now that everyone knows how this game works, there's no, there's there's no risk, there's no semblance of risk because we now know what the the playbook is. If we get another two thousand eight, they're going to effing print money, so it doesn't really matter whether you're with good bank or bad bank or really awful toxic bank, because they'll just print money and bail the thing out. But that isn't how it should work. No. It, it should work. And so what I love about what Paul's just said in terms of the sort of a, a slow period of making people, giving people a choice is that's exactly surely how it should work. Go Move slowly back towards a market-based approach whereby people get a choice and there's enough time for this to be done in an orderly fashion rather than overnight economic closures. That's and then you say, okay, so this is how, it, how it's, people, this is how it's going to be. The state has had your back for the last 10 years or however long you want to describe it. Going forward, you're going to have to be responsible for your own financial future. You have a choice. You can either bank with bank A and get certain rates of return and all the rest. And, you know, that basically comes with, let's call it zero risk. It's government guaranteed. Or you could bank with a selection of private sector banks, but your money is at risk. Yeah, choose, 100% choose well, choose wisely, and there's no coming back. So it, yeah. if nothing else, it's just reintroducing the principle across all finance and investment of caveat emptor. If it were down to me, 
I would scrap the FCA and I would simply say it is now compulsory that any pitch book, any uh, prospectus by any new financial product has to have on the front page in gigantic font in bold red caveat emptor. And if you don't know what that means, you don't deserve to be buying this product. You shouldn't be buying it in the first place. Buyer beware. And that's all the limit of financial regulation should be. Let people be accountable for their own decisions. You've got this economic methadone type of thing going on here. You've been on the heroin. Let's go for the methadone and let's change gradually back to... It's never, that's never going to happen. You're never going to... You know, once of course you, it's never going to happen. Once you, once you, of course you know, it's never going to happen. Exactly. It's a zombie... This is, a, this, isn't, this, is a, this is an example of a... Like, you, you ask the question and it's all well and good saying this... Do, this doesn't work. The system doesn't work. But what you need is some answers. Once you're, and, once you're hooked on your iPhone... That is one answer. Once you're hooked on your iPhone, other there's obviously other types other of... Other high-quality smartphone. Yeah, the, the, yes, exactly. Available. Well, once you're hooked on oh, the Huawei. iPhone... <clears throat> <Bless you. laughs> I love those, but I want to get one of those. And, and so basically, once you're on, once you're on that, you, you can't give up. I mean, you're like you're addicted. I mean, that's it. Yes, but... but so we are zombies. We're yes, like zombies. Yes, but, but just look, just remember that things go in cycles and these cycles might last longer than you think, but they do eventually end. And it's like the Facebook cycle and it's like social media cycle. It's like the cycle of digital music and then vinyl. It, it will all eventually people, people will say, look, you know what? I'm addicted to my phone. What do you think that Nokia, you know, the Nokia brick phone that came out, it got reintroduced. What do you think that was all about? It was because people were just saying, look, maybe in, in a small way, but perhaps in a bigger way, that they'd had enough of being addicted to their iPhone. You know, I, 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 think I was showing my kids all the Blackberries that I had from right from the beginning. So I was an early adopter of the Blackberries. They couldn't believe these phones. They, they looked so strange to them. But what was really amazing was I charged one of them up. It still worked. I left it on and it was still on like, a week later. That couldn't happen on an iPhone. It just was still on a week later. It was just unreal. And I was thinking, oh, my God, what, what's actually happened? We've lost the keyboard. I love the keyboard. If you're ever in a cab trying to write a, an email, you can't do it on Predictive an iPhone. Predictive text is a lot of crap, it's isn't it? It's bullshit. It's absolute but bullshit. But can you, can, you, can you ever predict, you know, like you go from hippie era to punk, could you ever predict when you're in the hippie era that the next thing would be, you, you can never predict these things, can you? We well, can predict the, the, it's going to be change. Change well, is going to, look, going to come. Okay. In, we've gone so far 90s. onto this zombie, you know, like uh, easy money QE thing. What's, what's, I mean, the alternative to that, I mean, like, you know, if you're, we're in a hippie thing now. What's the punk thing? Because that sounds pretty, you know, it could be pretty nasty if you're, you know, the dinosaurs back down to the rats. I mean, you know, that, that's the difference that you can't, the, the, the skew that you have between one thing and the next, when, you, when you've gone so far, you're, you know, it's two standard deviations one way, and you want to go to two standard. Um, well, if you're so, backing dinosaurs, and then the, and then the asteroid strikes, you know, your portfolio is going to take a fairly massive hit. And there's it? like a, you know, and then the, the winner is the rat. The, the, the thing with true, I prefer the thing, true. With, <laughs> the thing with technology is that once we had the amalgamation of the iPod, camera, telephone, email, all into one unit. And that, that in uh, itself I, destroyed the necessity of having an office, well, by the way. Yes. So you've, you've got that and the, the ability. So to I'd say the it. only purpose of having an office now is effectively to exert managerial control over your workforce. If you have, you know, basically people who are, you know, what are they called? Like meerkats. So people pop above their little sort of silos to see what's going on and then pop back down again. But what, okay. So we come to that point. Well, what about not being able to turn your phone off 
and taking emails on a Sunday morning and taking messages on a Friday night and the inability to actually switch off from your phone. Just turn the phone off. Just turn the phone off. Yes, but nobody will and nobody does. And Well, then the, the company can issue, the company, if it's progressive and forward-looking, can issue guidelines saying, by, well, actually, the company, if you want, really wants to be hard-nosed about it, by the way, we're turning your phones off at 6 o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah. They're open again on uh, 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. Some that's com- the, that's the next com- thing to happen with the, okay. with the, with the uh, meat thing, meat ban and a phone ban. This is why I'm cramming red meat, because it may not be on the table for that much longer. <laughs> so you're having red meat on Christmas Day, then? Uh, breakfast, lunch and tea. I'll be drinking <laughs> jugs of liquidised red meat. Red meat so, punch. So in terms of innovation... Then. So it's a separate issue how you use the technology and how the technology changes your habits either at work or, or otherwise, or the things that it makes you able to do. Tim's made a point a few times with technology is sometimes it's not actually as efficient as you think. And the amount of times I've had to deal with, you know, an update that's com- completely crashed my computer or something that's gone wrong with your phone or something that doesn't work right, you do waste a lot of time with it one one of the best quotes i've ever heard now as, as long-standing listeners will know i'm a huge you know fan of addict to addictive cheesy quotes it's um naismith and eberdeen i think are the the uh, originators it's we have um a cave brain the big problem with humanity is we have a cave brain or a lizard brain we have medieval institutions and we have godlike technology so in other words the technology is constantly running three, four, five steps ahead of our ability as humans to, 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 to be able to understand it and work with it and deal with it properly. But that, that in a nutshell, is the issue. That What is an economy? It's all a mixture of all of those three things. It's our psychology plus institutions, which are invariably no longer fit for purpose, plus this technology, this technology hair that is just barreling away from society at, the, at, a speed of, at a rate of knots. These are not easy problems to deal with. I think we're at the point, though, with actual technology in terms of the phone. I've said from the iPhone 6S onwards, I, c- I can't see any reason for the man on the street. To... Any huge improvement, any yeah, huge there step is, change. There's, it's an iterative change. Um, there's not, apart from a better camera or a better low-light camera or, or whatever, that's not, that's not a game changer, is it? It's just it's a okay. tweak. It's a tweak. It's it's nice to have, and maybe the battery will last a bit longer. But you should just be able to change the battery in the old one, which you used to be able to do. Of course, you could just pop the battery out, take the cover off, and that 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 was it. But of course, they recognised that was a stupid idea because you know they want you to buy a new phone, and they certainly don't want you to to use your old one. So, what is the next big technology? We've got the internet. We've got the answer to everything. We've got the world in our pockets. Um, okay, we've got the ability to, to recharge them when they, they run out. You know, battery technology just hasn't caught up. But what is the next big thing? And there wireless, there wireless energy transmission. Yeah, well, Tesla tried to do that, and it's, um, I suppose, theoretically possible. Presumably but, they fried a few hippies in the process. Yeah, I, I don't no, know. No, no great loss, I might say. <laughs> I'm a hippie, thank you very much. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're still here, Zach. I mean, you weren't accidentally fried in a Tesla, yeah, in a no. wireless energy transmission accident. But even even that, we've got 5G coming and we've got 5G coming and 5G is effectively going to be broadband on your phone. So, okay, that's that's interesting. You can transfer, receive information instantly. So the instant part of it, it was like the early days of 3G. If you remember, it was, you know, you couldn't really, your phones weren't really any good until 3G went to 4G, where it was actually, yeah, you could get 
information quickly. You could download a video. You could watch something. You know, that, that was useful. So 5G is just an improvement. I know it's a big just, but it's an improvement in speed. But it's not a sea change in technology. So this, this technological thing is reaching a, a plateau. Is it reaching a plateau at the same time that the market is reaching a plateau in terms of how much you can keep interest rates low by? You know, is it just coincidence or not? But I, I fail to see anything in technology right now that is as exciting as the first, say, iPhone. The only thing that could be developed now, and will be, there's a lot of talk around machine learning, and I just don't buy into the hype. Um, machine learning, from what I understand, is the ability to show a computer the answer and it learn backwards. Well, that that's useful up to a point, but not really. I think I'm probably more, more <laughs> bullish to the extent that human ingenuity is basically limitless. And yes, so, I, I, I mean, there was, there's a great example of someone in the US Patents Office saying, we might as well close down. This is back in like the 18 whenever or the early 1900s. He said, might as well close down because everything that can be invented has been invented yes, now. And of course, that's never gonna, it's never going to be the case. I totally agree. But I'm, I'm not saying we've reached the limit of, of what we can You're achieve. talking about utility, though, yeah, I, in, I, in enhanced utility of in, inventive n- n- creation. The answer is um, necessity is the mother of invention. Right, so necessity is what is what's driven the faster, smaller. Well, it used to be the smaller phone, the smallest phone you could get. If you remember, do you remember those tiny little Nokia phones? Like, if you, you're old enough, they were just. Well, I remember Zoolander when he's using a tiny little thing, which is like smaller than his fingertip, and it's. Uh, it's uh, it used to be ridiculous. It used to be the smaller the phone, and I remember that you know these big sort of businessmen holding these tiny. Well, it's little Gordon Gecko on the beach, isn't it? With a, something that needed a like a, exactly. a Vietnam era backpack to exactly. carry it swung, around. It swung so far that way, like oh, it's got to be smaller. It's got to be smaller, and then then everyone realised actually it looked ridiculous, but um, but we've we've reached we've reached the limit. We've reached the limit of, of how useful a phone can be because you can only make calls on it. You can only communicate with it. Oh, you can make it, calls on them as well, can you? Well, exactly. You can, anything, look, if you look back in history, anything that aids communication will always be something that, that we will be adopted. Will be adopted. We, we adopt, exactly. So communication via television, radio, via each other. That will be adopted, but we can we can do that now. Yeah, but all this is 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 trivial. Technology will only make a real difference because I mean, before you were sending letters and you were doing this and you were doing that. I mean, now letters are cool. Yeah, but but you were sending letters and well, if you want to make an impact, you were making you were making landline phone calls. That you know, and we haven't that that is it's peripheral. That type of communication is peripheral, whether it's by letter or email. I don't think that makes a difference. The, the, the real way that technology can make a difference is if, let's say, you had a computer which was so clever and generally acknowledged to be clever, and, and, and you, you, you said to it, um, okay, we've had this, uh, we know we want to have Brexit, what's the best way of doing it? Or we want to end poverty in the world. What's the best way of doing? Yeah, it? but the mafia would smash it, though, wouldn't it? No, no. But well, no, the poverty no, no, argument. No, 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 the poverty. No, no, no. The answer to the poverty argument is free market capitalism. But but no, there's no, a hardcore no, 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 of people no, no, that will refuse no, no, to acknowledge no, what, that 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 answer. What happens if this quantum, multi-quantum squared computer said the best way? You know that, that you believed in. You believed in that technology. It was like so clever. It was it had everything in the last in the million years of brains in it. Whatever it, it said the best way of. Um, uh, delivering uh, universal world peace and uh, uh, a proper uh, existence for all was to make Jeremy Corbyn prime minister. 
Would you accept that? I would like to see the source big code. Blue, you know, the big, no, no, I'm just, no, but that's the thing. Would you, would you accept technology? If it's Not if it gave me the wrong answer. <laughs> but how, what, what if that was the right answer? Well, I, I, I thought you might be possibly coming at it from a different angle, which is what if the technology said, the computer said, actually the answer is just for you humans to just piss off out of it. Yeah, or so I think you know, it's a legitimate it, it, it's the hit, end like it's, point it's like to get. The, to the answer is forty-two. Yeah, it's, it's a four. But that's the thing that technology, if it was really good, I think it would come up with answers that we we can't even imagine. It would say that actually no, there should be an e, the EU should become a world organization, or um, you know Nigel Farage should should be shot, or what? I mean, you have different it, 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 technology if it had the brains. You you wouldn't know what what the answer, or you should, you can't read. If you stop eating red meat, uh, you know there would be no global warming. Let's say, which is is just a possible theory. Would you accept that from a computer or from software? The thing that always amused me when I was a kid about the whole computer business was when when someone said, you know, ultimately they're only as good as the, the stuff you put into it. So garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, but th- this is not because this is this is supposed to be different. It's it it has its own intelligence, but we already have the. I, I'm I'm skeptical you will ever get a technology as sophisticated, which is not garbage in, garbage out, as sophisticated as what is the world population now? Seven billion people all basically talking to each other for as long as that's allowed to happen. In their case, so there's a few outliers like North Korea, but outside that, if you've got that ha- happening. You will find a solution to pretty much or anything. A, you know, a computer which contained the 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 brains of Einstein. No, it doesn't uh, matter though, because because uh, even even Einstein or Richard Feynman or whoever you want to yeah. put into the mix, the collective, uh, aggregated, interchangeable, if that's even a word, exchange value of, of 7 billion people talking to each other is going to be more valuable than, no, than the input event. No. That, because out of the 7 billion, you, it's, it's the lowest common denominator. Whereas if you it's, just, a, it's just if a market. It's just a market. If you had a computer which is the highest common denominator, for instance, and it just said the best solution for the, the UK is for you know, Jeremy Corbyn to be prime minister because then uh, there would be a Brexit and then there would be uh, economic growth of 3% per, per annum, et cetera, et cetera. Would you would you accept the verdict of technology? No. The answer is Jeremy Corbyn. Someone has done the wrong software. No, no. But that, but that's, but that is like, I know it's hypothetical, but it's it's actually, you can't prove that that would be the right answer anyway. But you're just saying, what if a computer said, um, a computer that can beat the best chess master in the world? But, but that technology doesn't. It 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 doesn't. Well, it, I mean, that might exist, but I mean, the problem but it, that, it goes back to what what you were saying before that we have medieval institutions and we have you know primeval we, brains and stuff like that. But if the if the technology became so good, it, it would, we ever, would, would, would we ever accept it? But it can't. The problem. So what's the point the, of developing, de- developing technology? Well, well, because so you know you can watch kitten videos on YouTube, but. The, 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 and There's nothing wrong with kitten videos on YouTube. <laughs> but and and you know listening and Twitter listen, listening to podcasts. I mean, look. Technology is is fantastic, but I think what people forget is that there are actually limits to what you can do with it. You yeah, know, the the predictive you're, limits. You're, 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 you're making it, things really hopeless because it's like no, we're, we're no, in a po- no, 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 we're no, in a post, we're in a post argument, post intellectual. Hold, hold on, no, 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 a second. No, what, 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 what question are we attempting to losing. answer here? No, no, no. no. We're, we're in a post. You know, we, we, we people don't accept loss. They don't accept democracy. That's, that's true. They don't accept anything. Some like, people, now, some people even, don't even accept Tim those things. Doesn't accept. 
technology. Well, no, you're so, no. That's that's that's, that's a grotesque what, what, slur. What, 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 high, what higher order? Or what external order would you accept? Other than all I'm saying thinking? is, if all I'm saying is, if a technology said the answer is Jeremy Corbyn, I'd say there's a problem with this technology. <laughs> okay, we have a look, big effing problem let, with this let technology. Me, let me explain why that that it, that can't be. That I'm not just saying, okay, I don't want to play your fantasy game. Yeah. I'm just saying it's impossible for that to be predicted because if you take, for example, a snooker table and then you calculate the direction of, say, two balls hitting each other and the direction that they go off, and then you look at the the, the second order, the third order predictive um, directions of the balls after that, you get a point where it's impossible on a system that is relatively... Closed. Yeah, relatively closed to predict where it's going to go. But so hang on a minute. So, so if you can't predict in this day and age, because it is impossible, the fifth or sixth or seventh order direction with any degree of certainty of a, a balls on a table, how can you predict that Corbyn's going to be the correct prime minister for the future. Yeah, but what I was saying, we, we've got no arbiter of what you know we're doing. We don't, we don't like the way we are now. We're heading for. We don't like. We don't agree with democracy. We don't. No, uh, some we, some people don't agree. No, with no. Democracy. So, yeah, so, so, so you're yeah, saying broadly, people. I'm trying don't to agree. find. I'm trying to Sorry. find something that everyone would accept. They don't accept losing. They don't accept democracy. They don't accept technology. What, what, there's no arbiter. We've got no judge. Is only God our judge? That's but, all we've but got. To, to be fair, Tim's not saying he doesn't accept technology. He's saying that. He I wouldn't... don't accept a technology that thinks that Jeremy Corbyn is the answer to anything. <laughs> but to be, and I'm saying, I think it's impossible to have a technology that makes that prediction. You, you can't. No, but as we're heading towards a, we don't believe in anything you're trying to find some common ground basically no, no, where, where, where is the common we, we, ground obviously we're, we're, we know we're post-religion we're post-democracy we're post-winning losing we're post uh, all no, the no you say we you say we but you're referring effectively to a, a small and very vocal minority that's had had things too you know it's, it's had, had too much of the stage lately I would I would humbly suggest that we, we kind of know what most of the answers are uh, from my perspective and it may just be uniquely my perspective free market libertarian capitalism has been the most powerful force for bringing people out of poverty ever. And the argument's completely irrefutable. There's, there's, there's nothing you can do to gainsay it except, you know, strident, uh, Corbynista, anti-democracy. In a liberal environment, which is where we are, like it or not, there is no, you're not allowed to have one dominant uh, thought or idea or viewpoint. Boris is, I think, everyone's Boris has just opinion, achieved the victory of that mindset over the the strident "look at me" universal victimhood stuff that we've we've had to you know suffer for the last four years. It's game over. I think it's game over, and I, I I could not be happier with the the current state of affairs. So I accept we're going to agree to disagree on say what happens in relation to Brexit over the next you know the coming months and whatever, but. If there's an economic argument here, it was it was won two centuries ago by the classical economists, and the only issue is, and I think this 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 is a is a, an interesting point, that the only the only real issue is how did we allow the educational system of this country to be railroaded by hard left neo Marxist you know, lunatics. Because that accounts for that, that big red wave that dominates the country for, for the voting 
intentions of basically everybody under the age of 25 because uh, things will only really start to properly change when we can actually educate the younger generation properly rather than fill them with bilge. Yeah, but unfortunately, we have this podcast in 10 years' time and it'll be th- under 35. So you've got a time machine, and, haven't you? Then, <laughs> you've got an effing time machine. I have. has got a time machine. I got an Argos. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so basically... Shop of dreams. 35, 45, 55. So what, what are we looking at? By uh, In another 50 years... We'll obviously have um, departed this mortal coil. No, we might live forever. And um, I don't think you'll be high on the list of people to, you know, to, to keep, like, you know, the NHS keep... I've, keep I've, I've, I've got my copy of Ray Kurzweil's <laughs> the, the Singularity Is Now. In 50 years' time, those 25-year-olds 25 25 will be, like, way, you know, way over the majority of the population. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, but let's not get and ahead of things. Be, they'll all be uh, socialists. No, 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 no. I have to, I have to make this point. The fact that these, that these youthlets are currently, <laughs> are currently, you know, mad Marxist, lunatic, left, whatever, is an issue if they're the sole um, members of the voting class. The reality is... At some point, they're actually going to grow up. Sell out. And then, no, not sell, sell out, out. Just They'll just grow up and stop paying income tax. And then they'll suddenly realise that everything they ever believed in was garbage that doesn't work. No, I, I disagree on this. Everybody, everybody, they're, 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 even Churchill said, you know, that when, when you're a kid, you're a, a socialist. And when you're a grown-up, you're a capitalist or worse to that effect. And that's, that's a timeless observation. Everybody thinks that socialism is a great idea when you haven't got any money and you're scrounging off your parents. When you then enter the real world, you suddenly realise, well, actually, I'm not... Why am I paying all this money into the tax system so that someone else can sit on their arse all day? That's not how it works. So whatever the percentage of that that, um, part of the electorate is, it's academic because they will change as they grow up. My, My question, my whole big thing question point again is... How did we allow our educational system to be subverted by Marxists? And what can we do to stop it? Because and I think the Marxists answer has to be deporting these fuckers to Zimbabwe. What's wrong with Zimbabwe? <laughs> it's just where, they, it's where anyone that believes in banana republic politics should, should go for their holidays. Mugabe's gone now. It's all right. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> no, no. The, no, you, th- you, th- you say that. You say that. But I, th- I think this it's different because we've had the 10 years of zombie uh, eco- economics. And that's why you have these, uh, the hipster uh, millennial generation. And they're going to keep, they, they're not going to change. You can't blame them, though. You can't, I mean, this, this Humans is... Humans change. This, I, this I, I'm the, more optimistic I, on this point the, than you The are. point that we've made, that the system isn't fair... I'm acknowledging that the system isn't fair for younger people because we did we didn't want interest rates to be put to zero. But so that, has, to be fair, so, they so, weren't implemented during a, by a free market system. They yes. were implemented by a crony capitalist or crapitalist system. Exactly. We, we I don't want house prices to be as high as they are because I don't think it's fair to people who the, the youth who want to buy houses. And the great thing about the free market I, is is it has a natural solution to prices that are too high. And it's yeah. too, the solution to too high prices is too high prices that then means prices fall. But we don't have that system yeah, in operation today. Exactly. So you've got so artificial I, price support as far as the economy can see. Right, so if, so if I actually, you know, we're more if sympathetic. Capitalism's so good. Why did it end in two thousand and eight? I, I know it would. Ne- it, it's it's I, I would say it's, it's not. It I would say anymore. what 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 I would define as free market capitalism ended in nineteen seventy one. That's why I said that before. Uh, through what Tim said, you actually realised that. 
I thought it was ending in, in 1998 when they bailed out long-term capital management. That was a warning sign. That was a big It was a dress warning. rehearsal for the global financial crisis. It was. Okay, what are we going to do? Pump money to the system and cut interest rates. Fine. So let's keep a zombie system afloat. That business should have failed. And not only that, and I was working for one of the banks that was exposed to LTCM at the time. You know, if, if, if you're too stupid to work out how to work, manage your business, well, you should deserve to fail. Of course. Why should, why they, should taxpayers they, bail you out? They thought they'd got rid of risk. They were taking all the upside. They were making 20%, 50%, whatever it was, after their fees for three years. And then they so, got it so spectacularly why, wrong. why did capital, you know, it's, it's, it's the Don McLean song. You know, capitalism died. The day the day capitalism died was two thousand and eight. Nineteen seventy one. Yeah, I think it was. So why, why were you saying that the capitalism is the best thing since sliced bread? Then when it was, this is we, we're, we're not in capitalism. We're in socialism. No, but I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you that we're not in capitalism. But we're in Gordon Brown. We're, we're actually living in a Gordon Brown nightmare. It, it's, it's quite straightforward. If 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 you work, so is, if you operate, we if you get him on the podcast, if you operate in an, an economy where bad businesses fail and are extinguished, and they are replaced by good businesses and good management, we're not in that. If that's the system, that's capitalism. If we're clearly we're not, not in that system, we're in then that. we're not in that system. So it's it's like comparing apples with oranges. It's like Buffett saying. Well, of course, the best thing to own is is equities, and gold is a you know is a whatever is a you know, barbarous relic. That's not really the point because no one's ever suggested that gold, for example, is a natural competitor to shares in productive industry. What I'm saying in relation to the gold argument is gold is a perfectly legitimate alternative to fiat currency that is worthless until it's stowed in a bank. But by putting it into a bank, you then expose yourself to counterparty risk, credit risk, all the rest. You know, a pile of dollars is so, just a so, pile so, of dollars. So, so why has gold been the worst hedge against inflation in the last 10 years? It's been the best hedge against inflation for 5,000 years. In the last, when, when, it, when we needed it most, uh, a, a two-up, two-down in Surbiton has been a better hedge against inflation in the last 10 years than gold. Gold's not been a bad investment, but the, the issue is... We, but but that, that, to be fair, you... you No, to be fair, the central bank... <laughs> There's no utility in, in holding gold. Okay. You, can't, you can't live in to gold. To be fair, the price of gold's been suppressed uh, embarrassingly uh, over the last 10 years. Possibly. But it, it, I'm, uh, the only argument I'm going to make is that, firstly, I believe in sound money. Secondly, I believe in free market capitalism. And thirdly, I, I, you know, t- t- I think it was Voltaire that first said, all fiat currency ultimately deteriorates to its intrinsic value, which is zero. Well, gold's never done that because gold's worth something. It's worth something in the mindset. I, I think what... Collective mindset. And it took me a while to understand of what Tim's saying, which is actually a very simple point, but it's a very important point. We all understand long-term cycles, but understanding the long-term cycle of how currencies eventually go to zero is when gold becomes important. And it's not, the, it's not comparing it with different assets and investments. It's a hedge. And if you look at how Tim manages his, his portfolio, he, has, he doesn't have 100% in gold. He's ne- and he's not making that argument. He's just saying that if you look at the system, it came off the hook with Nixon in 72. Was it 71? 71. In 71. And therefore, you've got central banks who can print as much money as they want, and crony capitalism has just grown from that point. So what's the difference between that and China? 
the difference between that and China is is not, probably command, not much. Command economy. Probably not very much, but, but they they seem to be buying a whole lot of gold. The, the anecdote that I'd, I'd sort of just interject, interject or in, in, inject into the the conversation here is the the Weimar era account of the guy who goes to the supermarket in twenty three in Germany, wherever Austria, and he takes he takes all his what were they Rentenmark Reichsmark I don't know what they were called Reichsmark. Reichsmark he takes his Reichsmark in a in a suitcase to the supermarket just to pay for his shopping, and when he comes back. The Reichsmarks are still there blowing around in the street and, the, and someone's nicked his suitcase. And that tells you everything you need to know about the, the, the last stages of a, of a fiat collapse. And the reality... Oh, and so are we in that? Are we in no, that? Not, I, yet. I, not yet, but give it time. So How much? 50 years, 60 years? Oh, no, I don't think it's anything like that. But it, but it can't be. If you, if you think about this, think of it this way. If you were going to create a crisis, an absolutely massive crisis, how would you do it? you would do it this way, wouldn't you? You'd have interest rates at this level for this amount of time. You would have a system that is basically dysfunctional. And then, then you would have the, the, the makings of a huge crisis. And therefore, that, that is when everything turns down. Yeah, but the, we are actually having the crisis, and the crisis is that the rich are getting much are getting richer by the day. But that's not a crisis. And normal people are hanging out with their two grand a month. That's not. That's that is not a crisis. That is a crisis. That isn't a crisis. That's 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 why we had the the vote the other week. That's why Boris won because the the uh, um, instability in terms of or the inequality in terms of uh, the uh, expectations and the realities of people have just gone you know through the. I mean, the, the, it's just totally gone through the roof. So it is the rich getting much much richer year by year, and the poor just staying the same. I'd say that this vote was more about Brexit than anything else. I, th- I personally, it seemed it seemed like that. I mean, I don't know how people voted, and in many ways, it doesn't really matter. But this seemed to be a Brexit issue. You had parties on the other side who were either for another uh, referendum or they were completely against it. If you yeah, wanted yeah, to vote, but, yeah, if but you it, wanted that, they and even the politicians themselves recognised that that's how they had to they had had to campaign. In other words, you want to hear. I, I personally, I don't, I don't care if a party wants to stop Brexit and they want to, they, they, they want that mandate and they campaign on that basis. That's what democracy is all about. And if people want to vote for it, then mo- most people want it. That's, that's fine. That's up to them. But they tried it and it, they failed spectacularly. So what does that tell you? That tells you that, that they don't want Brexit. But yes, there is an inequality and maybe people are voting with their wallets to a certain extent. Um, but it's different. It's it, you can't separate the two. It's too. Who really knows? It could be that they they agree with both of those things. But either way, that's that's what we're dealing with at the moment. What I'm interested in seeing and um, uh, hearing, I guess, from Tim about is talking about a collapse of a currency being the inevitable outcome of uh, fiat currency. What does Austrian economics say about the reset of the system and starting at year zero financially? I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I think the, the the problem for me is is with with the whole argument is that you're assuming things which I don't think exist anymore. You're assuming democracy. You're you're assuming uh, economics done in the old in in any sort of capitalist way, which I don't think is done at all at the moment. And and so 
none of these things really, you know, add up. And I, my, my evidence for my the fact that I'm right is the way that we're still we still don't know what's going to happen. Yes, that's true. That is true. We still, I mean, the future is unknown, if, isn't it? If it, it, it? Nobody accepts, you know, right, you know, nobody accepts the, 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 the yes or the no. They don't accept the right or the wrong. They just say, I've got this viewpoint and I will keep pushing this viewpoint until I win. Which I, I don't know whether there's any analogy from any philosopher or anything else, but that's what everybody just says. I believe in me. I believe in what, uh, what I'm saying is right. doesn't matter what it is. I'm just going to keep pushing. I think, Pete, there are people out there who are just angry and they they need a way I'm, of expressing every, it. Everybody, everything is, I'm a celebrity. Everything is like, I'm the winner. I think you're right about that. I it's think horrible. you're absolutely right. It's it's, absolutely that's horrible. being taught in school. There's no, there's no losers and, and everybody's a or, winner. Or which, which is Which is great until you actually live in the real world. And then, so, so that's what it is. So nobody accepts it. It's like, oh, we, we, you know, we lost the election, so what? We're going we're gonna to come back and we're going to fight again. No, well, no lessons you know, learned. But, no lessons learned. But there's no, there's I don't no, care if they what people want to do that. That doesn't bother me. If they, if they want to try and... and uh, if, if, if they, no, but I, I think you know, the whole terms of engagement have totally... I mean, it's absolutely... You know, the, the money, being right or wrong, being clever or stupid, being educated or non-educated, is totally irrelevant. Everyone's equal. It's a liberal nightmare. I think you'd have had a hung parliament if if there was any doubt in the in the broad mind of of the British public. You know that I think that's what it would have created. And you did. They had no choice. They had no choice. You had literally uh, Che Guevara on one side, and like. Mr. Ben, the other Mr. Ben, the, the one. I don't. The, I don't think it matters, though. To be honest, I mean, you, you can make all kinds of special claims, but the reality is, uh, at least from my perspective, from uh, there I say it from our perspective, the the person probably in the best interest, the best economic interest of the country, ended up winning the election. Just how or why that happened is like is is it's all very interesting to debate. But the the, the point is, the, the the right guy won. You're saying that this he won't won, change but nobody that doesn't make they they have there's no interest there's no credit given to that there will be no credit given to that victory. At doesn't all. matter, but it's, it's like it's a but bit what like credit it's a bit like someone that. on the left saying, "Well, I know you won mathematically, but did you really win the argument?" And this is the most, exactly. most absurd no, no, thing no, that's that, what, that's that, so that that Corbyn said. Well, we thought we won the argument, and I think if someone then so, if someone then so, someone then tweeted, "Well." Now, Jeremy Corbyn got two E's at O level. Did he win the argument with the exam board? No. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. There's no, uh, there's nothing given for, you know, numbers, democracy, any other fact. I mean, we we are literally. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, there's no, I've got no analogy because I've never seen, I've never heard or read anything before. I mean, this requires a dystopian. The hard, a new, the hard, a new the hard novel. left. The hard left owns victimhood as a state of perpetual grievance. And I say, well, let them get on with it. I, it has no impact on me whatsoever. I'm not going to be that way myself. So if they want to spend the rest of their lives pathetically mewling against how they're all victims, fine. They're, they are, uh, in terms of votes, electorally irrelevant, I would suggest now. Yeah, but they believe in the, the elect in democracy if they win. But if they don't win... They don't believe in They don't win. They haven't won, and they won't win. You know, game over. And also, if you, in a, in a, as I said, in a liberal environment, every viewpoint is valid. No. But why, why should you care? Mm. At this point, 
It's like saying, let leaves have the vote. Let, let the grass vote. It's completely irrelevant. Not accept, not accept the vote. They're not going to accept the vote. But that's like going on a dirty protest that no one cares about. It's not. It, that's the thing. I think you mi- you miss the point. It might make no difference. I think you'll see very quickly after Christmas. You know, let the Christmas. Let I the, don't know about you. I will not be seeing clearly for about <laughs> three or four months now. <laughs> Still everything to play for. Oh, that's a bad miss. Um. I think that's that's where we are. We're in a non non acceptance, um, non. We, we we can't be wrong. We can't be wrong. We know we we've got our own. Lo- got... Logic has been replaced by rage. Well, yeah, but what what kind of like? I mean, there was a protest in favour of Remain in the autumn. There was no protest uh, in favour of Brexit. Winners win, losers march. Mic drop. No, no, I remember that. I'm going to make the noise of mic drop. It's actually a pen, but I was hope, I was that hope, was a mic drop. I was, hope, it. I was <laughs> hoping you would say that. So how would you fix the system, Zach? I don't really care. Oh, come on. I, just, I you really can't, don't you care. Can't I don't say, care. I don't care. As long as I'm all right. Bleak, I'm all right, I'm all right bleak, Jack. cold, I really don't care. argument. You, you, really, you people, really are a socialist, aren't you? If people don't respect democracy, they don't respect... Uh, the fact that um, it's just like saying, you know, if somebody's six foot five, uh, they're not taller than somebody's five foot two. That's yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's these are semantics at the end of the day. I mean, I'm, I'm we're talking practically. There will be practical consequences. You you might say you have ones. You can say what you want. This is where this is where politics and the markets differentiate because. In the markets, you're used to either making or losing money, and that tells you whether you're right or wrong. So we are used to an environment where... Whereas if you're a grievance activist, you never, ever have to pay because there's no material damage incurred by losing. Yeah, there's no skin in the game as as talent. My my Christmas messages were in a Kafkaesque nightmare. We're in a China type. I think Boris Winter Wonderland would be my take, but we agree to disagree. Exactly, We're, we're in a command economy but it's not capitalism anymore it's interventionist it's socialist i mean the whole thing pumping money into the system so it doesn't fall down yeah. is absolutely i mean everything that you know that a conservative free market liber, libertarian person would think is gone it's a nanny state in every single way the nhs which is uh, uh, you know uh, i think i said it, i said it before it's a, you know it's a, it's a second class service at a first class but, price and and I think it was actually third third class service. In fact, it's, it's, it's that but it bad. would be even worse if Corbyn had secured a victory. Corbyn and John McDonnell, and that's not happened. So give thanks for that, if nothing else. Yeah. So this, yeah, but so that all that means is that this is actually Labour, old Labour, and they are like total Marxists and you know communists and everything else. So, but we are actually in a Labour government. So okay, but. But you know, you said, that, I, I, you said as that a, earlier as, you don't as care. A conser- but you do as a conservative, care. I would not. I would not be uh, wasting my money billions on the NHS as it is, or okay. HS, HS2, HS2, perhaps. The whole concept of having uh, everyone universal health care is completely idiotic. Well, it's idiotic and, and, in a country no, no, as rich and, as ours, and you know why it's idiotic? Because why should a billionaire get free health care? That's true. It's absolutely yeah. idiotic. 
nobody can come up with it. There'll be no, 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 no. I, I, I don't. Anything don't dis- where universal anything that. is idiotic. Hence, the BBC is idiotic. It's a poll tax. But the NHS is the is the is the poster child of socialism being idiotic. That the billionaire gets free. The, you know, the queen falls over on the pavement and she's she she has free health care. But the reality, of course, is that that isn't what happened. What happens because. The Queen falls over and she goes to a private hospital. So she doesn't actually use the NHS in the same way that probably we wouldn't if we had the resource to do it. So it's it's more of a straw straw argument, straw man argument. And these days, everyone, everyone in the everyone in the country can go on EasyJet, Ryanair, and go on a holiday and pay two or three two or three grand for a summer holiday, but they can't pay for their health care or their health insurance, which would cost the same amount. We really are that morally bankrupt yeah i would agree with that, that. that we are that mo- and they can that. all afford, afford a mobile phone which is like a grand or two grand you know it's a grand over three years or two grand over three years it's complete hypocrisy on the part of people and but we've never had so many children living in absolute poverty apparently apparently yeah but they don't have an iphone they don't have netflix they're really suffering and that's that's the problem that there is that there are all the boundaries have completely gone out the window so so let's say you get the um, power to start again. How would it work? How would Parliament work? How would the NHS work? How how would healthcare work? Education work? How would it all? all work? It would all be means tested. Everything's means tested. If, you, if you're able to fill out your tax return, you're able to to put yourself in a bracket where you would either get uh, help from the from the from the welfare state or you wouldn't. So you'd have you'd have an NHS. It just wouldn't be accessible. The NA, the, the, it, it wouldn't be accessible, accessible for anybody earning more than fifty grand a year. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it would be, but you'd pay something towards it. So, but that's not the NHS's fault. So, I think a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the, the NHS has killed. I mean, there's you know the mater- there was a maternity scandal. There's a, this. There's a blood uh, poisoning scandal. There's all these things. But what, that and could happen in a private it's, hospital. It's, it's, it's our sa- yeah, but it's our sacred cow. When nobody says anything against the NHS. But, but that could be that envy, could happen. Envy of the world. But what what about? Private it's social absolutely. care. What about private social care, right, this, where, where know, these, but these old people aren't being looked after properly? Well, there's been plenty of stories. No, no, well, of that. no, no they're, they're being they. Anybody, if you go, if you go into a hospital with a, with anything more than a short term disease, and you're over sixty five, you may not come out. You won't come out. You're out. I don't know. There's a policy. There's a policy to get rid of because uh, the long term diseases, chronic diseases, are very very expensive. And so it's just like, you know, Tim Price, 67, uh, dodgy ticker or funny, like, you know, like um, some sort of, you know, Alzheimer or whatever it is. He's out. Bring on the morphine. I mean, that's, that's what this is. Rather a bleak way of <laughs> concluding, <laughs> our, luckily, concluding luckily, our festive l- podcast, l- isn't luckily, it? Luckily, luckily. I know what you're saying. But, it's, but, yeah, but that's what it is. But that's the thing that I... It's like with the EU. I don't think they're like that. I, I, don't, I don't believe that they're like that. I think if you're, if you're, uh, my mother has had health care and she's, they've looked after her and she's in her 80s. And it's like the, the standard has been absolutely I think the, the, the straightforward thing that I, I would make on this is that this, this myth, and I think probably Jörg Gilohulsman, who we had on a few months ago, uh, has, has said it as articulately as, as I, certainly I can or anyone else can, which is government shouldn't be in the business of providing anything to anybody. And we accept that there are certain minimum standards for government. So, say, paying for an army, arguably, keeping the streetlights on, that's really about it. That's really what the remit of government should be. Anything beyond that, private sector can sort it out. 
Yeah. The, the, well, the, the assumption that, you know, so the government that is catastrophically bad at about everything it touches its hand to is miraculously going to be brilliant when it comes to delivering healthcare. Where did that delusion come from? We, we are so guilty in this country of, Same with of, of accepting tradition. Same with education. It's exactly the point, exactly his point. So when we asked Guido, what would you change about the system? He said, get government out of education. But Why it, is but, government doing any of these things? Get government it's because out of, of tradition. But, but out of almost everything. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But should it agreed. be regulated, though? Don't you, need, you do need some form of regulation, because otherwise... That doesn't mean that it I needs to be provided government, by government, government though. Yeah, but government needs... Okay. I mean, government does not provide investment management. I work in investment management, and we're as a regulated up the yin-yang. I mean, it's let, not necessarily good regulation, but okay. it's regulated. But let's say, let's say we opened a hospital, and I, I decided to to do operations because I think I can do it and I'm not qualified. And then and, you'd kill people and then yeah. you'd be taken, you'd be struck off yeah, or the, the, prove, whatever the equivalent would be. You'd have to prove it. Or, or, okay, let's take another example. Let's say I, um, I say somebody's got a dodgy ticker and I give them a load of medicine that they don't really need and it costs them a fortune and nobody can really prove whether it's right or wrong. Sounds right. like the American healthcare system. Well, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I'm, my point. So, so how do we, at least with the NHS, they're not going to spend money on you that they don't, need to spend uh, the point is that government needs a reason to make you pay tax okay and so it chooses health because everybody's worried about dying and it chooses uh whatever method it can can come up with to give it to give you a reason to pay your tax it's only about it's a motive to pay tax. I get all that. this I get need, that, all this need is some nudge dynamics. So, in the same way, that, I mean, everyone accept, everyone accepts, for example, that that they have to pay a license fee, irrespective of whether they actually watch the vile and disgusting no, BBC or actually. not. You, you no, no, no. But most to. most people, well, you do have to pay if you're if you're uh, watching if you're you watching live television, even though you're not watching BBC programming. Everyone that broadly, right? that's absolutely yeah. right. You don't need to be a BBC user to have to pay for the BBC. That's the way the licence fee works, which is what makes it so I ridiculous. I you could just say you didn't watch No, the no, no. no. If, you, if you have a change. functioning television set that is capable of receiving a television signal, you have to pay. It, that goes to the BBC, even though you may never watch a, a second of BBC okay, programming, that's definitely which is why it's clearly, clearly unfit for purpose. But people broadly accept that, apart from the people who don't, and then get thrown to jail for non-payment, which is one reason why sort of Boris has gone after that. People accept there are things that you pay for. People accept you pay for iPhones, you pay for foreign holidays, you pay for X, Y, and Z. The idea that mysteriously healthcare is the one thing that you don't pay for, that can be changed, but it probably just take take time and a bit of a bit of effort on the part of government and probably also yeah, but ideally government private chosen, sector. Chosen health because everybody's concerned about their health. Nobody wants to die. So that's their they've got people on that emotive thing. Sure, but if, if they healthcare. then make the argument, well, we're appealing to people of, you know... And everybody uh, has to watch of, TV. Of, of sense. So, they've got, so they've that got you say, BBC. look, we, we, everyone wants to maintain their health and, and live a long and happy life. Isn't that worth paying for? You could easily, you could easily frame a, you know, an advertising marketing campaign along those lines and win people over to it. It just takes a bit of time, that's all. I think the problem is that this country is rooted in these old traditions, this veneration of, of old stuff, so no, no, the idea that the, the, the NHS was, was introduced under a Labour administration as something that was free at the point of delivery at a time when people were genuinely poor, this country is about as far from being poor as it's possible to be. So the idea that what was relevant 60, 70, 80 years ago is mysteriously still relevant now is just cobblers. No, the biggest disaster of this country was not voting Churchill in, in 1945. But it, absolute, but it is what it is. Gay, no, no. That, I, welfare, I agree with you, but it is what it is. For this country back uh, 30 years or 40 years, 
And it was a complete disaster. I'm agreeing with you and, furiously. Yes, and, and the, the scam was to get people on their, like, their weak point of health care and if I lose my job, I'll starve to death. So that's what the, that's what the socialists went for. They went for those two things. Now the, the work thing is not so because it's basically full, on, full employment. So that doesn't matter. So it's just all the NHS. It's all, whenever I hear the NHS, it's a total scam that, oh, if I get ill or I'm, you know, I, I, I won't be able to afford, you know, I won't, won't be able to get health care. That's the whole thing now. All the, the most absurd... socialists, have got, socialists have got that, the NHS, as their totem pole. I mean, that's their thing. The most but, absurd... but can I just say, say something very quickly about, sure. about private health care? If you're going to have a child in private health care, they don't have an emergency room. Something goes wrong. They've got to go to an NHS hospital to sort it out. So that doesn't mean that the NHS is any good at all. It's got nothing to do with it. It's providing something that the private hospitals be, it aren't could providing. Be, it could be regulated by all the other the regulations czars that we have in every other area. That if you're a private uh, providing private healthcare, you have to have the you know X Y Z equivalent of healthcare standards. It wouldn't be difficult. So, so you think the the way it should be done is you pay for it, but it's it's regulated, means tested. Monitored. It's means tested. The the, the the thing that should have been front and center for. Any incumbent government for the election should have been, here's a rule of life, here's a rule, a rule of thumb. Every socialist government, every Labour government ends up bankrupting the country. Choose, choose your vote wisely, kids. And the second thing is, all healthcare and all pensions should be means-tested. It's idiotic that me, when, once I've been made a bit, in the next 10 years, I'm going to make a billion pounds because I'm so... You're not already. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so clever, I'm so talented. But at the age of 65... In 2031, I'll be getting my 100 quid a week or whatever is pension. That is idiotic. Yes, the, that's the true. The biggest disaster in the welfare state is that there isn't means testing for pensioners and for uh, people in the NHS. I totally agree. If there wasn't that, you would have the NHS would be absolutely flying. And nobody has said that. Nobody, and nobody will ever say that in a in a in a in a non mainstream uh, non mainstream media. We got uh, food coming. So, <laughs> so that means the podcast will go on for another two hours, probably. Or possibly no, adjourn, no, no, but, surely. No, but, it's, no, but I think it's serious that the pension thing means, pensions means tested and NHS means tested. There'll be plenty of money to make those the best in the world. Yeah, that's a great solution. Uh, why is, is, I mean, is that right? Is that tip? no? I'm, I'm with you on this. The queen is the queen getting a getting a. This is this is a this is a, a, a question it's, it's that is such all, an obvious. This answer. is a question why that arises constantly in relation to Japan, and people say Japan is a basket case, and Japanese government debt is out of control. Which it, all all this is true. What it fails to acknowledge is that the Japanese private sector is amongst the wealthiest constituents of the planet. That that. Japanese people are massive savers. Japanese companies are hugely profitable. So Japan is at least two countries. There's, there's Japan government and then Japan corporate. And Japan corporate is rolling in it. So this is, this is really the issue. It's to get government stuff out of the economy as far as possible and let the, the, the proper wealth-giving uh, characteristics of the private sector, let it, let it allow it free reign. And that's what the, the argument should always have been about in the election. Happily, we seem to have got to the right outcome anyway. But these are the, 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 the striking thing is that the ability of free market capitalism to lift people out of poverty has barely been addressed. The leftists have had all the running on this, and it's all cobblers. Their argument is all cobblers. The, the simple fact that we've had 
some form of capitalism, uh, roughly around the world over the last you know, few decades, there are actually the, the the number of poor people in the world is now a fraction of what it used to be. That is a triumph of capitalism. End of story. Mic drop moment. Yeah, but you do realise that political correctness is is a left wing construct for sure. And we are more politically correct than we've ever been. Not me. I can't even describe. <laughs> I can't even describe <laughs> you. I can't even describe you <laughs> as a man. Accuse him of what you want, but never that. <laughs> I can't even say that you're a man. What? I can't even describe you as a man because that would be. You, 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 well, I, would, be I, wouldn't, I wouldn't object. I, that would be no, no. <laughs> that would be a I, I, That was me making an assumption about you. No, I know my cisgendered. But, you know, but I, do, blah, I don't. Blah, blah, blah. Things don't come into being by how you name them. See, this is this is where no, but, people no, but, have got just, no, this no, all no, wrong. But, no, but you, I'm just saying that Tim thinks that like capitalism is like really made, made big great inroads. Well, actually, I don't think it. I know it. Inroads, I know it. No, no, but the more inroads it makes, the more political correctness and things like that. That, that's that's pure left wing propaganda. That only comes in a in a environment of, of of prosperity. It would only you can only do that when everybody's got basically money and they want to be. It's like like how the European Union and and the euro was put together. It only comes together when everything is everyone's prosperous and they're feeling generous. As soon as things start turning down, you've got the Scottish. You want to be separate. Every so, so every like, society so, every society is three meals away from a revolution. There we go. Three months away. Terms of pay as well, savings. We've ne- we've never realistically had it so good, and it's. I just wish the left would wake up to that instead of behaving like children. No, they have. That's why they have political correctness and they all the other things that try to keep the whole thing down. Absolutely. Well, I think. Um, I think on, on those, that bombshell. On that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> if you're still with us. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really. Oh, we'd impressed. be amazed. We'd yes. be amazed if you're still with us. So, if you are still with us, you're obviously a very loyal listener. Thank you so much for listening in 2019. Thank you so much to Zach Mayer. Thank you. And to Tim Price, obviously. Thank you. It's been fantastic. And good luck on the quiz, everybody. Yes, good luck on the quiz. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year, and seasons greetings. Merry Christmas. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional advisor.